Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. <laughs> Buffalo Fanatics, C-Bot here with you, live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel on a Monday night, and it can only mean one thing, it is the smoke break, it's gonna be May, May 1st, what? Officially in the month of May, officially put the NFL draft behind us. What an extraordinary weekend of sports we just had. Perhaps the greatest NHL regular season team in history. Bounced in the first round. Game 7, OT, Bruins, done. Toronto Maple Leafs win their first series since... Abe Lincoln was in office. LeBron James and the Lakers, 40-point win over the Grizzlies to move on. Golden State Warriors behind 50 points from Steph Curry beat the Kings in Game 7. They move on. And as I look to my left, another Game 7, the Battle of the Jersey. New York border as the Rangers and the Devils get set for their Game 7 tonight. An incredible weekend of sports. And on top of that, of course, we had the NFL draft. It's the best weekend of the year because of, or not the year. There's plenty of other better weekends when there's actual football on. But in the weeks and months when there is no football, it doesn't get a whole lot better than NFL draft weekend because you have, of course, the draft, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. It finally feels like there's stuff to get into now when there's that couple month period between the end of the Super Bowl and the draft. It's just a lull. Awesome past weekend and so much to get into. Feel like we've been talking about the draft for so long and it just came and went incredibly fast. But it was an excellent draft from top to bottom. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I thoroughly enjoyed spending it with you guys over the weekend. Wanted to give you guys a massive thank you for the turnout that you showed during our draft coverage here at the Buffalo Fanatics over the weekend, it was top-notch, phenomenal stuff. Cannot thank you guys enough for the support. I mean, this is the funnest weekend that we have here at the Fanatics because it's one of the only weekends of the year where all of us get together and uh, and just kind of hang, which is the funnest, and doing it with you guys while also having no clue 
where it's going to go, what's going to happen. And uh, that's exactly what happened over this past weekend. So thank you again for those who uh, tuned in. We had an absolute ball. Uh, Buffalo Bills draft. We're going to get into that in depth tonight, of course. Take a look back at what happened, not only in the first round, but of course, beyond that, the Bills did have what what I viewed, in my opinion, to be a phenomenal draft. And if you look around at any pundit right now, and you look at how they are grading what the Bills have done over the weekend. I have not, I, I personally have not seen anything lower than an A minus. Now, I will say they have been, they, a lot of these guys have been a- handing out A's like it's like, like, like they're the manager of the Oakland Athletics handing out A's on the jerseys. It's incredible how many A's I've seen. And I don't think I've seen anything lower than a C. Plus. But while I put my bias aside, I had said during the coverage over the weekend that I had felt up until the point in which the bills were at, I think at at some point around Saturday, it felt around, it it felt like an A minus draft to me. Uh, It it really did. And I got to tell you, because as you know, I admit this to you all the time, my draft knowledge, it could be, it could be better. There's so much to get into. And I admittedly am not like to the letter of the law aware of every single one of these guys. But I feel like by the time the draft comes around, I start to get a good read based on where the team currently is, what the current situation uh, is in front of them at their disposal for for the upcoming draft. I start to feel like I get some sort of a read. This one in particular, this past draft here was tough. But I had said on here, I don't know how many times, I had just felt in my gut, it it was finally the time for Brandon Bean and these Buffalo Bills to really put an emphasis on offense. And that is exactly what they did to the tune of being out of all 32 teams. And this stat blew my mind because as we know, when you think of Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott and the Buffalo bills, when it comes to building their team, you immediately think defense. That's what everybody thinks. And it absolutely stunned me to see the uh, the numbers come out, and this is via Warren Sharp on Twitter, and it ranks. Uh, I'll actually put it up for uh, up here for you guys to see. It ranks uh, the draft capital used on offense or defense. At the top here is the offense. The top of the graph's offense. The bottom of the graph is defense. Out of thirty two teams, the Buffalo Bills were only behind the Tennessee Titans in regard to the amount of draft capital allotted towards defense in the 2023 draft. They were 31 out of 32 teams. And this is a franchise that has predicated itself within the draft on being known to go defense. The last six offensive picks out or the last six first round picks rather outside of Josh Allen, all defense ever since Brandon Bean has taken over this team at the general manager position, you could pretty much lock in defense being the top priority at the top of the draft. But we saw this past draft, and I think this is something that everybody going into the weekend was in agreement on. We came into this draft outside of linebacker on defense, which we did address, outside of linebacker on defense. It felt that the offense was in need of more help in this draft than the defense was. And that's not to discount the help that the defense does indeed need going into this season. But when you look at the history of these Buffalo Bills 
within the draft under Brandon Bean. It just felt like where the Bills currently are offensively, where the rest of the AFC is currently offensively, this was the time. And they hit on what I what I personally believe to be the two biggest personnel groupings that absolutely needed to be addressed. And it just so happened to be two of the best value picks out of any team this entire past weekend. They steal Dalton Kincaid in the first round. I mean, in my opinion, that is an absolute steal. There wasn't a mock draft on earth that I had seen going into the weekend that had Dalton Kincaid falling to the Bills. And Brandon Bean, which we'll look at in a a little bit here, awesome video put out by the Bills PR team. Even Brandon Bean himself, there was no way he thought that was going to happen. We needed a weapon. It was up in the air as to whether it was going to be a wide receiver, a running back. And as we got closer to the draft, you started hearing more about potentially tight end. Never thought it'd be the best tight end on the board. That's exactly what wound up happening. So you go with an incredible value weapon that is going to be an immediate impact on this team in the first round. And then, of course, everybody knows this offensive line needs to be upgraded. And in the second round, you get a guy in Osiris Torrance who many had ranked to be the the best overall guard in this entire draft. He he falls all the way to to the second round to you at 59. They hit on two of the biggest needs that they could have, that they could have, you know, you sit down and you address what this team currently is. Both those positional groups would be at the top of the in need list and they knock both of them out of the park and would continue to build upon that excellent start to the draft throughout the weekend, hitting on almost every positional group you could think of that needed some sort of either depth or potential improvement. An extraordinary draft by the Buffalo Bills, and I can't wait to get into it tonight, but I hate doing stuff like this of this magnitude alone. And that, of course, is where I bring in my main man, Braided Rev, the legend. What's up, man? man. Hey, listen, before we even get into anything tonight, I I was waiting for you to come on because I wanted to talk to you about this because we haven't talked about this yet. Yeah. And I find it hilarious. So I'm, I'm assuming many of you in here tonight you tuned in, what was it, you, last week, you tuned in last week when me, Rev, and Rico came on here together and did our incredible mm-hmm. mock draft. We put our knowledge oh, to the test, and in my opinion, it was, it was flawless. It was absolutely pure. It was pure, you know, pure fluidity throughout, no errors, and I thought every single time we were up to pick, Rev, we knocked it out of the park. Now, mm-hmm. I was told at the end of that, in the comments, that maybe we had not done as good of a job as we had thought. I didn't realize until later on, after the draft had kind of, you know, settled down this weekend, just how unbelievably accurate to some degree we kind of were. So I want to pull this up. Yeah, there you go. Now, ignore the DeAndre Hopkins things. I don't want to talk about that. That didn't happen. That was my big, you know, that was my big want going into the weekend. That didn't happen. And now we're hearing it's looking like he's going to keep his ass in Arizona this year. So who the hell knows? And he is. I know. Ignore that though. Rev, the first three, the first three draft picks for the bills this year. We nailed it, dude. And guard and linebacker. We got it. And look what, look what us geniuses put together in our mock draft. Now it was in a little bit of a different order. It was 
very different players. But we happen to now all three positional groups, and I thought I'd share that because to those who thought, hey, I don't think these guys know what they're doing with this draft. You thought wrong. What do you think I mean, about that, Ref? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think I think we did pretty good, man. When you when you consider, you know, all the all the mock drafts out there, you know, what I'm saying uh, we did pretty good, man. To, to nail three of the picks that the Bills got. I mean, of course, not in name, but in position only. Yeah, man. I mean, and then we got not just one, but two offensive linemen, which is exactly what the Bills did. So, yeah, I feel pretty good about that, man. Um, uh, you know, we had the we had D Hop, you know, what I'm saying on there, but you know, oh, yeah. it is what it is. But we still addressed the the positions of need. We got it done in the first three rounds, just like the Bills did. So, hey, yes. take it for what it is. Now, so the dust has settled, Rev. The draft, which somehow already is in the books. It's May 1st today. Yeah. And you want to know what's crazy? And this just hit me again. Because, you know, once the draft ends, you, it feels like the next thing, of course, to look forward to is the start of the season, which feels like forever away. I was mm -hmm. listening to uh, the radio today, iHeartRadio, either Dan Patrick or Coward, one of the two. You want to know what ad came on that I completely forgot is this month that just got me so excited. What's that? It was an ad for the schedule release. Oh, completely dang. forgot that that's like a couple weeks away. Oh, so that man. got me stoked. But yeah. we can't open another candy bar before we finish this one. And of course, mm -hmm. we have said multiple times, our favorite thing about the draft is taking a look at what the team has done after the fact, because going into it, it's incredibly tough to try and wrap your head around what could potentially happen because as we will look at in a minute here, even Brandon Bean could barely wrap his head around what was going on mm -hmm. as the pick approached them in the first round, their ability to be able to hop over Dallas and get what we all feel to be that an incredible nice. value yeah. in Dalton Kincaid. Um, mm -hmm. So you have now had a couple of days, as we all have post-draft here, to kind of let it all sink in. Mm -hmm. Is anything wavered from your initial reactions? And if not, what are your current feelings as to what these Buffalo Bills accomplished over this past weekend? So nothing's really changed for me. Um, I still feel pretty good about, about the way the draft transpired. Um, I'll be honest, initially when we, when we selected Dorian Williams, I didn't know who he was and I wasn't familiar with his game to that degree um, until, until, you know, uh, we did every, I mean, I did what everybody else did. We, you know, we look up on Twitter and start looking up who this guy is and figuring right. out his skill set and whatever. So, um, after that, I kind of felt a little bit more comfortable about the pick. Um, later on in the draft, I was waiting for them to address the defensive line position because I felt like that was another big need that needed to be addressed. Um, they they didn't do it. Um, it's, it's just the way the, bill, the, uh, the the board fell. So if you if, if you were to ask me about a disappointment, I would say the fact that we did not necessarily get a defensive lineman. But I mean. Late in the draft, I mean, you're, you're you're talking about a guy who who who's going to be at the bottom of the roster guy, you know, maybe competing for you know rotation job, you know, you know. So at that point, I'm, I mean, I'm not even upset about it, you know. And then I heard, you know, we got word that that we still got what DJ Dale, I think, from Alabama as a UDFA. That's kind of what I heard. I haven't been able to check in on it, but I, I heard that we we signed him as a, as an undrafted. So um, and then plus, there's still veteran free agents that we can still get on the cheap too. So, I mean, just like we just added Latavius Murray. So all in all, I mean, when you look at it though, from objective, from an objective standpoint, we did hit on, 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 on key positions of need. We, we hit on, on offensive weapon. I know many were just like you had mentioned, but many didn't think that tight end would be the route that they would go in. But um, as I've mentioned before, and we had talked about it, I felt like tight end could, 
bring more value to the offense than another receiver outside of D hop in this offense. Um, and then who knew that we would go out and get the best one. Um, I had mayor as, as, as a better all around prospect, but I mean, I'm not going to get upset at, I mean, Dalton Kincaid, when you look at what he does, very, very, very good route running uh, tight end, exceptional hands, big guy. And so, I mean, yeah, it, it's, I like the fact that they were aggressive and they went for it, right? That, that, that's what we wanted. We wanted the, the Bills and Brandon Bean to actually go after an offensive weapon early in the draft because they've been so heavy on the defensive side of the ball for so long. Now that we did it, we're being critical of who they actually went after. You know what I'm saying? So right. uh, when you look at the offense and how it sets up, I think it brings more versatility because Dalton Kincaid, man, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, we talked about 12 personnel before. We essentially just want one running back, two tight ends. They were trying to institute that into their offense last year when they signed O.J. Howard. Just because he didn't work out doesn't mean that they scratched the plan, which is what I, be, I, I believed in, and, and they, they confirmed that. And so when you look at Kincaid and what he offers offensively, just think about this. Even Bean said that. He, he said, look, he, he's not your traditional tight end. He's going to be used more as, 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 as a receiving kind of threat. And so when they go out in 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends, I mean two receivers, uh, I mean, two. I mean, one running back, two tight ends. Defenses are going to be kind of be put in conflict because they're going to wonder, okay, well, do we need to run our base defense and, and prepare for the run game, or do we need to prepare for the pass game? You know what I'm saying? Because Dalton Kincaid is a weapon in the pass game. You flex him out. Now you essentially have three wide receivers with Diggs, Davis, and Kincaid as your third slot receiver with Dawson Knox still as your tight end. And so now it's like, what are you going to do? So he, he just adds more versatility to it. I absolutely love the pick. I love what he what he brings. Let's hope that, you know, um, he brings it to the table, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, year one. But I, I, I'm, I'm all aboard of that. Um, and I know we'll get into, you know, our other picks here here later uh, in the show. But I'm, I'm all about at least some offensive weapons for Josh because that's what's needed. Yeah, we'll definitely get into all of the picks throughout the show tonight. But before we actually do that, you had you had mentioned something about veteran signings, and that indeed did happen today. And it's funny uh, at times when these happen, and it's and it's and it's bigger names, and you immediately think it's huge until you kind of understand where they are currently at in their career. I mean, there would have been a point in time if the Bills went out and got Latavius Murray, you know, it would feel massive. Now, I will say. And this is something about this Latavius Murray signing that I find to be very interesting because this is now the second signing for these bills in about a month to add to the running back position after the departure of Devin Singletary. So speaking of Devin Singletary, okay, last mm -hmm. year, 177 attempts for 819 yards, 4.6 yards of carry and five touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. So Javante Williams goes down for Denver last year. He was looking to be one of the more promising young, young running backs in the league last year, and he certainly would be back to that pace, I would imagine, this coming year. So Latavius Murray, with the Broncos last year, had a big role to fill, especially yeah, with the struggles of uh, Russell Wilson. And then, of course, like I just said, Javante Williams going down. He had a big role mm -hmm. to fill. So as I just mentioned, those Singletary stats, right? 819 yards, 4.6 a carry for five touchdowns. Latavius Murray last year with the Broncos, he revitalized his career. It was the most rush yards he had had since 2017. He had 703 mm -hmm. yards yep. for 4.4 yards a carry and five touchdowns. He had as many touchdowns as Devin Singletary. He averaged just 0.02 yards per carry less than Devin Singletary. Mm -hmm. And he ran for over 700 yards. He also had 26 receptions. Singletary had 38. You look yeah. at this. And it might not seem like 
this massive signing, which let's be fair, it's not massive. Yeah. A massive signing is what the Jets just did with Aaron Rodgers. But I look at this signing. This seems incredibly underrated to me. People mm-hmm. forget because of how bad Denver was last year and the focus was all on Russell Wilson. People forget that Latavius Murray a season ago had the best year of his career over the or the best year he's had in his career rather in nearly 6-7 years. And right. You look at what he could potentially bring to Buffalo based on what he did in Denver, a team that we all feel is inadequate compared to these Buffalo Bills. What a sneaky good signing today by Brandon Bean after an incredibly efficient draft weekend Mm -hmm. by the Bills front office. To cap it off, the cherry on top, you wake up Monday and the Bills add yet another piece to this running back unit in the addition of, uh, of course, James Cook, who are all Mm -hmm. waiting to see what he is going to be able to bring to the table with yeah. a much bigger role. Uh, and then Damian Harris. So I thought in looking at this, like what everybody I'm sure thought, eh, you know, we all know the name, but what's it really mean? You take a look at the numbers and how he was able to fill into a position last year that many thought would be, uh, you know, just hope for the best. Javante mm-hmm. Williams, the young, the young stud here, how is he yeah. going to be able to be replaced? I'll tell you what, Rav, Latavius Murray did a hell of a job, and I think this is a sneaky good move by Brandon Bean this morning to really cap off what I felt to be a great weekend for him overall. Absolutely loved it. You know, um, loved it. I had mentioned this in the group chat uh, just a little while ago, too, about I said, man, am I the only one who's excited about this Latavius Murray signing? Because, right, I mean, you look at the numbers he put up last year. I mean, they, they were just on par with Devin Singletary, who was our starting running back. And so you see a guy like 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 Murray at, by the way, the age of 33. So he still showed that he had enough in the tank to be productive in this league. And a big guy, right? We know he's huge, 230-pound guy. I think he's like 6'2", 6'3", very big power guy. And, and I love it because we need backup running backs that fill the roles for our starting running backs because they're different roles, right? When you look at James Cook, he's more of your speed guy, and then you've got – uh, Damon Harris, who we designed, he's more your power back. So you need guys that can back them up so that way you're not hamstrung if one goes down. And so bringing in a guy like Latavius Murray is perfect for him because now you've got a guy, a veteran, who's been there, done that around the block, who you know can fill in in a pinch if need be in the event that Damon Harris happens to go down and get injured when we know that he's had his, his fair share of injuries throughout his career. So that's a very sneaky good um, um, addition by Brandon Bean. I, I absolutely love it, man. And, and uh, you know what? Uh, Pierre made mention of this um, in the group chat earlier. He, he said, man, I'm telling people, he said, man, you know, this, this signing is like, was like almost like the Frank Gore signing when we got Frank Gore back in the day. You know, just a good, solid veteran guy who can come in and, uh, and, and be that, provide that veteran presence for a lot of the young guys. I mean, James Cook, this is going to be his first year probably coming in as like a starting running back or at least on paper. So he needs those, those, those veterans around him to kind of, you know, groom him. And so when you get a guy like Latavius Murray, man, it's, it's, it's always good um, up and up. I, I absolutely love it, man. Brandon Bean is knocking it out of the park. And you know, what's funny too, is if, if Latavius Murray comes into the bills this year and puts up identical numbers to what Devin Singletary put up last year, it's going to feel incredibly different <laughs> because with Devin Singletary, yeah. it's a guy, the bills draft, and you just feel like it's not necessarily on par with some of the better backs in the league. So therefore you mm-hmm. judge it differently And I've said this multiple times. I always thought Singletary was better than he got credit for. Um, But the funny thing here is 
if you get a, a 30 some year old veteran who comes in on a one year deal and puts up the same number Singletary did last year, it will feel as a fan base as though this guy is absolutely crushing. And I find that to be funny because essentially what you just did is you were able to free up that contract that you had no real reason in re-signing with, with Devin Singletary. You add a completely different style running back than the Bills have had in numerous years with Damian Harris. You have James Cook, who you spent a second-round pick on, who showed plenty of promise last year when given an opportunity. And now on a one-year deal, you replace Devin Singletary's style of game with Latavius Murray, who had very similar statistics at a much older age a season ago. When you really mm. do look at it underneath the surface and take into consideration the fact that the Bills now have three running backs that you can legitimately rotate. When you look at the numbers based on the last couple of seasons and when you look at the ceiling in which these guys have hit on, you can now look at this Bills running back and feel pretty good about the fact that you can rotate through all three of them, all three of them bringing you different styles of game and all three of them bringing different style or different um, uh, levels of uh, experience and, and different yeah. types of a veteran leadership and presence in this team that, as you said with Frank Gore, which I think is a great point, the Bills have always had what seems to be some sort of veteran presence in every type of positional uh, department within the team. This feels like not only a great addition for that, mm -hmm. it also feels like it could really pay dividends on the field if he happens to do even close to what he was able to do with the Denver Broncos a season ago. Man, no doubt. I mean, no doubt. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Naheem Hines. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I know like, it. Like, we've got Hines there too, who who can who can do some of the things that Cook can. Yeah, under underutilized. Yeah. And so give him an opportunity to learn the offense now full year this year and get um, involved in the offense. But we already know what he can do with special teams. So like right. the Bills, I mean, I feel a lot better with the running back room right now. And and it didn't cost us a draft pick. We didn't have to overspend in free agency to get a big name. And we got a guy who's very productive, though, though older, but still productive um, for a very cheap contract. Um, one year deal, man. And he and he can do what we need him to do. So I, I love I love the sign. Definitely excited about it. And I think one thing to add too, especially when you know the capabilities of it, one year removed, the guy had a terrific season for his age and in the circumstance. You also have to think when you get to the age in which Latavius Murray is at, because you look at his career right now, this will this will be his uh, this will be his eleventh or it looks like yeah eleventh year in the league. You got to you got to think. You know, obviously coming to an end here, you have got to think that he's going to try to go out with as big a punch as he can with a team that has legitimate super Super Bowl aspirations. This mm -hmm. could be his last chance to get one of those rings. Yeah. We all know that teams or uh, guys rather who are at that stage of their career love joining teams like the Bills for that very reason. If he was able to put up those numbers with a Denver Broncos team who drastically underachieved last year, I am, I got to tell you, I am more excited than I think most people are being led to believe about this signing, not only because of the value, but because I can see firsthand here, the guy resurrected his career on an offense last year that disappointed everybody who has even a remote knowledge of the NFL. Because going into last year, the Denver Broncos, on everybody's list, even if you thought they weren't going to do, you know, Super Bowl-type aspirations, you still knew in the back of your mind, with the addition of Russell Wilson, how could this team not be a competitor? They were far from it. And to mm -hmm. see him be able to be one of the cornerstones of a very disappointing offense last year, yeah. it is exciting stuff. So that signing happens uh, That signing happens today. It might go a little bit under the radar because it's fresh off the draft. I just right. got to give credit to Brandon Bean here. I mean, you, you want to talk about never – I mean, and never, never stopping the grind. 
He just had a whole weekend. I mean, for a GM, that is the busy. I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of work and the, the little amount of sleep you get, not yeah. only going into the draft, but of course, draft weekend. There's just no way you have a moment to breathe. And yeah. you got to respect the fact that after that weekend concludes, not even wasting a morning, he goes out and gets a great addition to the running back room, a veteran presence who has more than enough capability to be an impact on this offense this year. So shout out Brandon Bean, shout out Latavius Murray. I think a very sneaky, good pick, uh, pickup rather for these Buffalo Bills going into the year. And as I mentioned, cherry on top of what I felt to be a great weekend. So let's start where it all Loved it. started for these Buffalo Bills, Rob. And that was at pick 25, originally pick 27 for the Buffalo Bills. We had wondered, this was the biggest question for most people amongst Bills Mafia. Yeah. Were they going to trade up? Were they going to trade down? It, it, it really did not feel that there was any circumstance they were going to stay put at 27. Because right. every time you went through and looked at what was going to be available at 27, it just felt like it wasn't going to be worth it. Therefore, you trade back. And then you consider the fact that if the board falls a certain way, as we saw it did, then you trade up. We had talked extensively about wanting to see how the board fell around the mid-teens in order to get a better understanding as to what the Bills had at their disposal to go after, to give us a read as to what they were going to do. When mm -hmm. we were on live here uh, the other night, taking a look at what was going down in real time, it, it legitimately felt like everything was falling the right direction for these Bills. We could not believe at the time that Kincaid had not gone. There had not been a wide receiver taken, I think, until what, pick? What was it, 17? Maybe I can't remember exactly. Late teens, though. Yeah, late teens, early 20. Yeah, huh? yeah. late teens. Uh -huh. So it just felt like the, the longer the night went on, the more it did kind of come across your mind, a move could be made. And a lot of people, I, I understand, are, are on two sides of the fence here. There's a, there's a side that's like me where I am more than willing to give up a fourth-round draft pick for a guy that Brandon Bean in the front office feels like is an instant impact on this team. I feel like a fourth round waiver, not that they're all not waivers, but you have a much better hit rate in the first round than you would in the fourth round. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it's worth scratching that off. You have to understand because there are people out there that are not fond of giving up a fourth round pick to move up two spots. Well, you got to understand had the bills not done that Dolan Kincaid this morning is in Dallas. He's a he's a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. He's not a Buffalo yeah. Bill. So you have to ask yourself, would you would you have given up a fourth round pick for an immediate impact weapon, an impact weapon on this offense that not only can immediately be part of this offensive scheme, not only can immediately be a pivotal part in trying to propel this offense further than what we saw last year, which we understand numbers-wise, it felt like it was all there. Visually, it did not. Mm -hmm. And visually, right. around the rest of the league, you can spot the difference. Mm -hmm. To me, that is worth a fourth-rounder all day, twice on Sunday. And that's exactly what Brandon Bean felt, too. Now, before we talk even more about the pick, let's take a look at what actually went in to the pick, because... This is what we stress on here all the time, and it's it's 90% of the reason why I personally don't get insanely involved within the trenches of the draft because we pound this 
uh, this narrative on the table nonstop. <laughs> Nobody has a clue. And if you didn't think that know. by now, I mean, Friday night, that had to have proved it to you. I mean, yeah, for God's sake, was the, wild. the Detroit Lions picking guys that would have been around in the second round, two running backs in the top 12, Will Levis falling to the second round. You just don't have a clue. The Houston also, trading from yeah, <laughs> back-to-back picks in the top five. I yeah, mean, when do you see that? Especially yeah. from a Houston team, yeah. that you don't ex- you don't expect to make a move like that, right? Right. Great point, Rob, because that's another one of those things that everybody's talking about this morning, where it's like, when's the last time you saw a team pick in the top five and then immediately strike again the next pick? The next pick, yeah. Yes, it was an extraordinary move by a Houston Texans team that hasn't been relevant since they beat the Bills in the playoffs a handful of years ago. So uh, just another example of how unpredictable these things are. And one of the more, uh, I would say, one of the more shocking storylines of the night was the fact that a guy with Dalton Kincaid's talent, the clear-cut number one tight end on the majority of people's boards, Mm -hmm. fell all the way to where the Bills were within striking distance. Now, what I found to be interesting, is it seemed as though, and we'll see this in the video that I'm about to play, it seemed as though Brandon Bean had his eye on him before this draft even kicked off. You'll Mm. see in this video, and I love the inside here, because imagine being at the table draft night with Bean, McDermott, and Pagula. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that is the coolest. And this video takes you right inside. But essentially, Pagula asks Bean, you know, is there a guy if he falls? (laughs) He already knew it up top, right? He knew it exactly. And Brandon yep. Bean says the guy, and that yeah, guy did. today just so happens to be a Buffalo Bill. So let's take a look. This is courtesy of the Bills Twitter, and I love when they put this stuff out because I think it's Me so too. cool to be able to get a peek. It's also why I loved what the Bills did here uh, in, in absolutely boning over uh, the Dallas Cowboys because you got to see that oh, visual man, too yeah. when they did it, and you could tell it was dead in that room. I mean, you could tell Kincaid was the pick and being just absolutely <laughs> underneath him, so it was great. They were um, so mad. Yeah, so here it is. Here's a little inside look as to what went in to getting Dalton Kincaid in round one for the Buffalo Bills. I was Vegas. Uh, you know what? Hold on. Of course it's going to do this. Let me... Um, that was the audio wasn't playing, was it? Yeah, it was playing. You could hear it. Yeah. Oh. Let me. Uh, let me just. I got to do one thing here to make sure that this way I know it'll do it. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. Here it is. A little behind the curtain. I love this too because it makes you feel even better about the pick. It wasn't like Brandon Bean. It wasn't like it just kind of happened. He's like, oh, you know what? This guy we saw. You know, we saw he's one of the better players on the board. We'll just go after him. I mean, this is a guy that they clearly had on their mind going into the draft. If I was in Vegas right now, putting money down, I would say if we were going to do anything, it'd be more likely to go back. Hold on, Rob, by the way, is that still playing? Can you still see it? No, audio is good, but the full screen is not playing. All right. That's why I'm glad I asked because every time I do the full screen, it doesn't. All right, take three. For God's sakes, can I ever get anything on the first try? (laughs) Here we go. If I was in Vegas right now, putting money down, I would say if we were going to do anything, it'd be more likely to go back than go up. But listen, you're talking to a guy who gets antsy at times and goes up and gets guys. So 
by the way, the music. It's like, how can you not? Just I love it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> Somebody's falling. All right. I'm going to play this like three times. Okay. Watch this. Now, I don't know <laughs> yeah. at what point of the night this is at, but clearly this is well before the pick is made because mm -hmm. you're not, you don't know. He was already falling. It wasn't like they were like, oh, this guy fell. This, you can tell in this moment here, in this little excerpt here, the owner of the Buffalo Bills, and I want to point this out too. We all know the likes of Jerry Jones and others amongst this league, they meddle far too much in their team's process, and that can be a problem because mm -hmm. when you are a billionaire, it doesn't immediately mean you know what you're doing when it comes to football. That's why you have general managers. So for starters, I love the fact here that Terry Pagula has the trust in Brandon Bean to ask him about a guy to move up for. Yeah. Brandon Bean immediately knows who that guy is going to be. The scenario happens, and without hesitation, they do it. So but watch then the, but, then, but then the fact that, that he had mentioned going trading up, so that was already in the cards. They, are, exactly. they, they already must have had a conversation about trading up anyway. Yes, and you can't underestimate that. The, 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 the relationship between the owner and the GM, I think people just assume that that's just always good. And I think it'd probably be easier to, I bet you it'd be an easier assumption to say it's probably the opposite a lot mm -hmm. of the time. And, mm -hmm. and you can just tell here, and I felt this way forever. It just goes back to what the culture is in Buffalo. It, I just love, I love seeing this stuff because it just affirms it to me. Somebody's falling. Yeah, when you get when you get on the clock, let's just you don't know, let me know. So just have that ready with Jacksonville. How about the confidence? By the way, he's gonna let me know, and then he immediately goes, "Yeah, have that ready." He's have like, ready. I, "I don't need to hear anything. This is happening." <laughs> Trip. Yeah, I'll do it. I love it. I love that so much. <laughs> He had a good feeling that Dallas um, would take him, and we just really liked him and um, got it done. Dalton, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. We're going to celebrate here. We're going to make you a Buffalo Bill here in just a minute, buddy. With the 25th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Dalton Kincaid. Tight end, Utah. Now, I don't know how to explain it, but the kid just looks like a Buffalo Bill. I mean, that hat, it just looks right. It fits Does it well. not? Look at the smile. Look at the smile. He's just got that Buffalo smile, right? He's just, you know, yeah, man. Salt, salt of the earth guy. I'm excited to go to bed. <laughs> I would have been disappointed getting that close to him because I thought, I didn't think he would get past the charger. I thought that's what he was going to take. You hear that? Mm. You hear that? Look at this. Look at this. That's a key point. I want to. I want to bring something up too. I'm excited to go to bed. I'm excited to go to bed tonight. You got the guy you wanted. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry. Whether where, wherever you stand on this today, if you're picking at 27 and can go to bed as a GM, getting the guy you wanted. 
I don't know how you could not be pleased with that. Right. That is borderline impossible to do. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact that he had mentioned the charges, too. Yes, I agree. It's a team you, you watch. You know, they're contending each and every year and uh, have only gotten better. So it's a fun team to join with the culture they have and uh, the people, you know, starting from the top down. Uh, from the staff to the coaches to the players. I already love the kid. I don't even care. <laughs> now let's not let's break that down because as you know, I, I I I've talked about this so much on here throughout the years about just how I feel. Even the ups and downs, it's never wavered. The way that this team operates from a character perspective, j- just a humanity level, and and then ultimately the ability to 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 succeed on top of that, which is also the biggest key. To be able to have all of that packaged into one is something that most franchises in any sport do not have. The Bills executed at the highest level. When you're breaking down that video there, there's so many interesting elements to break down that I find to be incredibly telling and also incredibly interesting. But let's talk about the things that we found to be telling, Rev. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, and we already spoke on this, but I think it just it deserves its own little conversation here. You, you got the owner who you can tell just delegates all trust in the football operations yeah. to Brandon Bean. He asks him if there's a guy. So anybody out there who thought this was just a, you know, we we're just going to make the move for the sake of making the move type pick, that right there, pro- I mean, you have video of the guy at least an hour, I'm assuming, prior to the pick. So that mm-hmm. negates that. You're talking about a guy who was already – eyed up by this team. The ability to then act on that in what I felt to be a very efficient and, and worthy way, a fourth round pick for a guy that you felt that strongly about from the beginning to go to bed at night. Like I just said, as the GM of the, of the team with the 27th overall pick and get a guy that you one never thought would be there two mm-hmm. wanted from the beginning and three were able to execute a trade in which you were able to pull the, all of that off. Right. I mean, Dean had to have felt like his, his, you know, not to be coy here, but he had to have felt like his, uh, uh-huh. you know where I'm going here. I mean, he had a yardstick in his pants. <laughs> I, 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 who could blame the guy? Because that's got to be the most alpha move of all damn time right there. <laughs> the dude executed oh, on all cylinders. So when he you did. watch that, Rev, just looking at it, how it all went down, what do you take away from it? the most that really stands out first of all i can't get past the fact that and I, and and bills mafia man we have to understand this we have great ownership we really do like we are very fortunate to have this type of ownership right here um that just really understands their place within the organization and puts full trust in the guys that they hired to do their job we we we, we know what it was like you know what i'm saying and, and in times past, right? It it's completely different. So I love the fact that that we see them in lockstep together. He's inquiring, and they've already evidently they've already had this conversation about potentially trading up because he asked, "All right, so if a guy is falling, you know, it, you know who who is it? You know, and what are we going to, you know?" So he was like immediately, "Oh, yeah, we're targeting this guy right here. This is the guy. If he comes close, we're jumping up and getting him." And so. That that's a huge takeaway, man. And because ownership, any other owner, any other owner could be like, "Yo, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 no, no, we're not doing that." 
You know, we're not trading up for this guy. We're not spending this kind of money. No, this is the guy I like. No, he trusts in the guys that he hired to do their job. That's huge. You don't really see that everywhere. Um, secondly, we know Brandon Bean is a killer. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it comes to the draft and it comes to finding guys that he wants and going up and getting them, he's going to do it, right? Um, he mentioned it, I think, today. He had talked about, you know, the, the, the picks that he stockpiled for next year, you know, was really a buffer to, for him to – you know, trade up into next year's draft. So he's already letting you know, like, I'm probably going to trade up again. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of what I do. If I see somebody that I like, I'm not afraid to go up and get them. Um, secondly, we have to understand also that Kincaid would not have been there. Okay. He was falling and it was crazy that he was actually falling because there's, there's a couple of, of just a couple of mock drafts. Um, Peter Schrager put out his mock draft. He had Dalton Kincaid going 16 to the commanders. Daniel Jeremiah, you know, maybe somebody that, that, that you're a little bit more trusted, right? A guy who watches film. He had Kincaid going 16 to the commanders as well. And both of them had both of the tight ends going ahead of the Bills' original pick in round one. So we had the top two tight ends, Kincaid and Mayer, off the board in these mock drafts by guys that are very re well respected in the game. And here we see Breen jumping up to get one of those guys at 25 ahead of a team that he felt very, very confidently was going to draft him. Say what you want, whether you like the guy or not, Bean went after who he thought was, was the guy. And uh, that's what you want out of a general manager. You want a guy who is aggressive, knows what he wants and goes after it, man. So I absolutely loved those two things um, about what happened uh, Friday night. 100% agree. I think you also have to take it into consideration the other element of things here that have been the bigger talking point since Bills, uh, the Bills going with Don Kincaid the other night, and that is the continuous narrative of how this affects Dawson Knox and, and um, you know, the amount of money Dawson Knox is being paid and the guy's a tight end and how's he going to fit? He can't block. Let's just stop right there. Let's, we, let's just pause for a second, okay? One, you don't, none of us know that. You don't know anything. I promise you. You think you do, you don't. I don't, you don't, nobody does. You don't know he can't block. You don't know he can block. Yeah. Don't, don't convince yourself of one side just yet. Because you don't know. Nobody, if everybody knew Tom Brady was going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play, he wouldn't have fallen to the sixth round. Right, he would have been number one it's overall. Easy, yes, nobody knew. It's the easiest cliche in sports to say something like that. But it's the God's honest truth, yet people do not learn time and time again. Everybody forms a narrative on a guy based on things that they have no ability to know. It's not their fault they don't know it. You couldn't right. know it. There's no ability to know. And I would love, in my, in my personal belief, to instead of being like that, have trust in the guy who has gotten the Bills to a position in which they have been better than they have been in my entire life for numerous years now. I understand that has not resulted in a ring. I understand that has not resulted in a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, you know, don't forget a blip on the screen ago. These Bills couldn't crack 500. Right. And if they did, it was it was by a game or two and nothing mattered. Right. We're talking about a guy. I understand the criticism of Brandon Bean's draft. This is also, though, the, those criticisms, you want to talk about the criticism based on what he has done in the first round on offense? I understand you want to criticize him on defense. The only other offensive player that he's been responsible for? Josh Allen, baby. Yeah. You want to criticize <laughs> he him. He nailed that one. Because anybody <laughs> now picked in the last decade more yep. spot on than him outside of maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, of course? 
I mean, give me a break. This is the second offensive guy that Brandon Bean had a good feeling about, moved up for, and got. Right, right. Okay? Let's give it a minute. Do not. And that also goes for the people saying that he's the next second coming of Travis Kelsey. Don't say that. One, yeah, no. a heart attack is I need to set my expectations <laughs> low so I can be surprised in a happy way. Okay. I think they got that from Greg Cosell because if I'm not mistaken, I think Greg Cosell came on One Bills Live and mentioned that, but he didn't say that he's the next Travis Kelsey. He says that he can be used in the same way as the Chiefs used Travis Kelsey because he's that good of a, of a, of a route running uh, tight end. But he's not Travis Kelsey yet. Well, we don't I, know will, that. I will say, though, I didn't know it came – from Cosell, and now I actually feel way better because Cosell has been taking down film for two, two, twice my lifetime. Yeah, he's been at NFL Films for almost 50 years. Yeah. So I did not know that, and now, all right, you guys can say he's the next Travis Kelsey. It's fine. I'll I'll, I'll write with you. No. I just, I'm seeing so much of it, and and you want to know what? We're all guilty of this. I'm not on a high horse because I don't have a horse to get on. I promise you. We all are guilty of this. You're going to read something from somebody that you think's credible and they probably are credible, but they're just giving you their opinion to you. Like everybody else is, you see it from one guy, you see it from another guy. Then all of a sudden you think that becomes fact and then you regurgitate it. And that becomes your belief. I've seen this time and time again. We all do it. I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it because it's too easy to do. I mean, you're on social media all day. You see a few things. The next thing you know, I mean, I Christ, I did it with DeAndre Hopkins a month ago. I mean, I thought he was a Buffalo bill. Here's the the reality Anybody (laughs) who was even remotely involved with it Who actually had the ability to do it 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 wasn't even close We did that So that's another example It's like we do this stuff We create our own realities And they're all And they're all They're all alternate universes That don't yet exist And this goes for both ends I just want to go back to what I said over the weekend Because I can't stress this enough This is such a unique pick for these Buffalo Bills because it is something they have not done. They have not done. This is the first weapon these Buffalo Bills have gifted to Josh Allen in the first round since he has been a Buffalo Bill. This is huge, man. Significant. Significant. It is. It is huge, man. That's what people need to understand, dude, is is that they they identified a, a need on the team, which was offense. You saw and here, and here's the thing, because we we all saw it right last year. We knew, dang, you know, uh, Beasley being out, dang, that, that's a huge hole, huge void to fill. We need another guy in the slot. We need another receiving weapon for Josh Allen's offense because it seems like it's just Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and whoever else can find a way to get open. Right. You know, and it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we see that, and that's why they try to bring Beasley back. They try to bring the gang back, John Brown. You know, try to – you know, get that get that 2020 mojo coming back, but it didn't it didn't work out. And so they identified it early on. I guarantee you, uh, Kincaid was high up on their board, probably. You know, and they went out and got him in the first round and traded up for him. They said, Josh, this is how valuable this guy is to us, and this is what we think. This is this is how this is how we think that he can improve this offense and improve you. They went out a tight end, a tight end. Okay, now people are gonna debate whether or not he's a "Quote unquote tight end or receiver, all that kind of kind of kind of thing." But but regardless, he's a weapon. He's an offensive weapon on this team. And I and I believe, based upon what Brandon Bean has said, because he mentioned it, he said that day one that this guy is he's going to be your three role, meaning he's going to be your 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 third receiving role. Uh, that you know, which is the slot guy. It used to be Diggs, Davis. I mean, or in in uh in Beasley, 
we're going to insert Kincaid there. He's tight end positionally, right? But he's going to be used much like a big slot guy and, and really can bring con- some confusion to defenses. He's going to open up the offense wide open. Teams are not going to know what to do, how to defend these guys. And he is that type of a weapon for Josh and his offense. I love what you said that that this is a guy that they drafted in the first. We can't just overlook that. Oh, you drafted in the first round. No, no, no. That's huge. That's a huge thing that Brandon Bean identified. No, this is the guy that I'm going to trade up for. He could have traded up for a Zay Flowers or 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 a Quentin Johnson or any of those other top receivers. No, he said no. I'm and he, and here's the thing. He probably knew that the run was going to start around 20, pick 20, which is exactly what happened around pick 20 when um uh, I think I think the Chargers went off first, or it may have been um, whoever got Jason. I can't remember who who that was off the top of my head. But anyway, he knew there was going to be a run there, and he waited and he identified Kincaid as that guy. And he said, "Man, if he keeps on falling, that's who I'm going to trade it for. Not one of those wide receivers." So I think that's that 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 tells you how much they value this young man here in this offense. Totally agree. I also think if you're going to look back at the history of Josh Allen and say he plays for as long as we all hope he does, and you get up to the towards the, you know, 15 plus years with the team, you don't think you're going to look back and think about that night when the first ever offensive player to play with Josh Allen drafted out of the first round was this kid. I mean, that's, it's a real thing. I mean, it's a thing. And it's honestly so insane to say that because it's Josh Allen. You know, he's, he's no spring chicken anymore compared to what he was. Right. I mean, I understand it still sometimes feels like the guy joined the team yesterday, but he's bet he's we're getting closer to veteran status. Yeah. And we are the opposite. I mean, that's where we're at right now. And throughout that time, the bills have not added a player on the offensive side of the ball for him in the draft in the first round. This is a significant signing. It is out of mm. the, um, it is out of the status quo for this organization to do so. And I think it's also at a time when it was the most necessary. I can't stress enough how ecstatic I was to see the recognition by the front office that I think the majority of the fan base had, which is you look at this current offense, which has been more than good enough, but they didn't wait until it imploded to try to make the move because last year wasn't an implosion. You still, yeah. you still went 13 and three, but the, the writing was on the wall with this offense. It just did not look clean and efficient after the green Bay Packers game on Sunday night football. It just was mm-hmm. weird. Just really, it got stuck and it wasn't like it went backward. Really? It just never continued to propel forward either. It just kind of stayed stagnant. So what did yeah. they do? A good GM and a good front office is fully aware of the fact that being stagnant in this league is the exact equivalent of just going backwards. Because if you're not moving forward in this league, then you might as well just be going south because it doesn't make a difference. You're not going to be able to keep up if you stay in the same place for too long. And so with that, you now see the most unique draft that the Buffalo Bills have had under Brandon Bean since they have taken Josh Allen. That is what we just witnessed. And I think that when you look at what went into it, which we just saw in the video. There is just so much to be excited about. I understand that you might've had a draft crush on a guy or you wanted to go a different direction, but if you're looking at the team and how it's operated over the last handful of years, and you see a guy like Brandon Bean and Pagula and McDermott get excited about the fact that a guy that they had their eye on before the, you know, before things even got interesting at 27 and all they had to do was move up two spots and get rid of a fourth round lottery pick 
mm-hmm. to snag a guy that, that wasn't available on a single mock draft, usually, what, even going into the 20s, much less 25. No, no, he so, wasn't. Yeah. I yeah, just no. don't understand, Rev, how they're – I understand not loving it because it goes back to what I was saying earlier. We, we don't know enough yet probably to, like, head over heels. This is the best thing ever. But to those who are just, like, bitching and moaning about it, yeah. that's me. I just I, – I cannot understand it. Yeah, just just wait, just just wait until we see the vision, right? Until we see what it looks like on the field, then then you'll be like, oh, okay, this is what they had in mind, right? I think right. a lot of people they 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 see the Dawson Knox thing, right? They see Dawson Knox's contract, and then they they see a failed experiment with OJ Howard, and then they see this guy getting drafted in round one. They're like, what the heck was that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe to you, just because we don't, you haven't really seen the vision yet, right? But if you but but just just give it time. We'll see in camp and we'll see in preseason when they roll things out. Then you'll see what they had envisioned, but but make no mistake about it. Like this guy is no slouch. This is not like some scrub tight end they just decided to draft in round one and they completely blew it. No, this was the top drive uh, tight end in the class, but but one of the top, not just a top tight end, but one of the top pass catchers, receiver, receiving talents in this entire draft class that just so happened to fall, and Brandon Bean jumped up and got him and added him to your Buffalo Bills offense. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit and wait until everything falls in, into place and see how, how it pans out. But let's not poo-poo on it just yet, man. I I, I love it. I'm thrilled by the pick, man. I'm thrilled. Absolutely stoked. And it's because I get excited about potential, right? And yes. I the one thing I asked for, because I wasn't – I'm not the guy that typically falls in love with one guy in the draft. I'm also not the type of guy that t- particularly falls in love with one positional group either. But what I wanted this year, and you you know this, Rev, I'm not, you, you, you've been on here uh, when I've said it. I wanted a guy that is an immediate impact with the ability to be a long-term impact for the duration of the foreseeable future. That is exactly what we just got here, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Unless things go south, and of course that can happen. I mean, I'm not here trying to tell you that all possibilities aren't on the table. For all we know, I mean, yeah, could it could it wind up being the worst pick in the world? And, and, but this is the funny thing, too. I want to just say this. Even if the guy comes out and it's just not happening, it wasn't like you took him at, at five, okay? Right. He fell right. To, you moved up to 25, and I'm sorry. If it didn't work out taking a flyer on the guy who was far and away the best available offensive player, a guy who was never supposed to be there, and a guy that was clearly going to be, based on what everybody thinks of him, an immediate an immediate piece this offense was going to be able to yeah. put, put to use and succeed with. If that doesn't hit, then I mean, what do you, what, what, did, what did you want him to do? I mean, that's just the draft for you. It's like, it's a perfect example of what just happened with the Colts and Anthony Richardson. It's a perfect example of what the mm-hmm. bills did with Josh Allen. I look at Anthony Richardson as almost a carbon cut copy of what Josh Allen was to some degree, as far as the absolute freak athleticism and potential. But what was the whole thing about Josh Allen? And it's the same thing. Oh, he's raw. You know, it's it's the oh, he's a mold. He's a ball of clay. You gotta mold him, right? Right. Oh, he's so raw, right? And, and then on top of that, it's it's. But it, what is it always? What's always added with that? Oh, but the but the potential, but the potential. Mm-hmm. I look at the Colts. Okay, right. And and I was listening to Pro Football uh, Talk this morning, and uh, Florio and, and Mike Sims. Uh, I think they said Chris Ballard himself said this. The the GM of the, of the uh, Colts, 
you'd be more upset not taking the risk and having the guy become an absolute star somewhere. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what I'm assuming the Jets, the Browns, the Cardinals all felt after watching Josh Allen propel himself into being potentially the best quarterback in the league after taking three busts, right? Right. Would you rather be in their shoes or would you rather have been the team who took the shot on that type of guy and said, hey, we knew it was a, a risk, but damn, we knew if it paid off, it was going to be something. Yeah, absolutely. Was, That's they what you were never do. saying that about Baker Mayfield. They were never saying that about Darnold. They were never saying that no. about Rosen. Who were the two quarterbacks with the biggest upside and the, by far the most athletic potential? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen and, 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 and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yep. Who are the two clear-cut best quarterbacks, bar none, not only out of that draft, but over the last couple of seasons in the AFC, or ever since they've entered the league, really, Yeah, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Yep. Well, back to the point I'm making here with Brandon Bean. If it doesn't work out, would you rather have been the team that took a shot at 25 in getting a guy that was potentially, or not potentially, that was pretty much the clear-cut best tight end on the board, mm-hmm. or would you rather have been the team that let the Dallas Cowboys get him right. and they turn him into the next star? Exactly. I'd where the Bills are today. Exactly, me too. And, and, then, and then when you look at it, here's, here's also something to consider. If you were against the Bills drafting him, okay, Four wide receivers went ahead of the Bills. They started in at, at pick 20, right? Four wide receivers, the top four, gone. So now you're like, well, I wanted a wide receiver. So what were we going to do? You were going to you were gonna either trade back and get the fifth best wide receiver or, or, the, or the first best tight end who happens to be one of the best receiving options, even if you include these receivers here. And let me show you what happened in the rest of the draft and starting in round two. The fifth best wide receiver did not go. Did not get selected until pick 39 with the Carolina Panthers. That was John Flamingo. Ahead of him in round two, from picks 32 to 39, two other tight ends went ahead of the fifth best wide receiver. So that so the NFL is letting you know that these three tight ends were better than a lot of these other wide receivers. Three of them went done before the fifth wide receiver. So I'm saying, like, look, I get it, right? But but when you're on the clock right now, I'm like, I'm, I'm I want to get the best guy that I can. And this guy right here, Dalton Kincaid, is not just the best tight end, but he's one of the best pass-catching, receiving weapons in the draft. I'm not trying to be conservative. We don't want jo- we don't want Brandon Bean to be conservative. We want to do- we love it when he's aggressive, and that's what he did. We've he's been aggressive for so long on the defensive side of the ball. Now he finally does it offensively for a weapon for Josh and this offense that we know is needed. Though we may not understand exactly how they're going to utilize him in the offense. Why are we being so critical about it? The, 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 look, the, the, I'm I'm completely sold because I can see it. I can see it, and I just can't wait for it to to, to pan out on the field. Um, but but I, I'm I'm on fire about it, man. And I think that this is exactly what the Bills needed. We've been waiting for them to address the offensive side of the ball. They finally did it in round one with the guy that they went aggressive to go after and get. And then in round two, they backed it up too again with some more protection for Josh. Last thing I'll say about this, too, it was inevitable that no matter who the Bills took, there would be a vast majority of people bitching about it either way. I understand that. I just don't understand the amount I've seen over the situation and circumstance in which part, uh, we saw partake over the weekend. It, it was like the most it was like the best possible situation imaginable. So for those reasons, 
<laughs> I understand, like, if something else were to have happened and they sat at 27 and took a, somebody you didn't like. Okay, whatever. But, I, I mean, for, for the way that it all fell and then to see, like, that those War Room videos there, to see that Dallas was definitely going to be all over him, to see Skip Bayless were, throw man. a tantrum about it. I mean, like, come on. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand what you want. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't get the, do you not want to take the, the chance at being better than you were yesterday? Because mm -hmm. that's what you have to do. You got to take, you got to move up. You got to take the guy, even though you have a Dawson Knox. I mean, who the hell cares? You know, the yeah. Kansas city chiefs, they were they were they were making the playoffs with Alex Smith, okay? Consistently. They didn't sit there and say, well, you know, Alex Smith's been making the playoffs, so we don't need Mahomes. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. You get the guy. It doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, Deion, can we we just saw it. DeAndre Swift has been phenomenal. And the and the the, the line drafted a guy. See ya. I mean, yeah. Bye. Yeah. Because that's how they felt. Okay, so I, I just, the same thing can be said. I mean, we've seen it so many times. And this isn't even an indictment on uh, on no, Knox. I can't say yeah. that. I mean, I've said that a thousand times. It's just, I mean, God, it's tough for everything you see. Well, what about Dawson Knox? What about it, it, why not? Why not? Yeah. I, like, like, what about him? It's great. He's better than anybody I've seen. <laughs> I'll say this. I don't think, but I don't think it affects Knox at all. Me. At all. Because they're two, even though they're the same positionally, the way in which they're going to be deployed offensively is going to be completely different. And so, if 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 you believe what Bean said when he said, "Look, look, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna put Kincaid in and have him in line," you know, all kinds of stuff. That, that's what Knox is for. We're gonna have him split out. We're gonna have him detached from the line. Well, he's telling you exactly what they envision. They envision him as the slot receiver. He said, "Yo, he's he's like a Cole Beasley in in a different body type. He 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 is that. He's not like Cole Beasley. But what I'm saying is, he 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 has the nuance. He knows how to get open. He understands route running. He's an exceptional catcher, and he's in a tight end body. Come on, like like what do you what more do you want? Like say goodbye." your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, we had Beasley 5'9", and now you get this guy at 6'5", 250, who can do some of the same things that Cole Beasley can. And he's a, he's ridiculous. Like, I don't I don't get it. And that's not going to affect Dawson Knox one bit because if this guy is utilized as a slot receiver, quote-unquote tight end, you still have Dawson Knox as your main predominant traditional, if you will, tight end. It's not going to affect him one bit. Not one bit. I'm excited about it, man. You guys and need to jump on the train. 
this is exactly what I knew was going to happen too. People get caught up with the characterization of, of, of the positional group. You see tight end and that's the end of it. Yeah. For all we know, I mean, like it doesn't matter. It does not matter because if, if, if his role, I mean, if his role simply is to come on this team and catch two, three balls a game over the middle and move the sticks better than we had last year. Yeah. Cause it wasn't a soul on the team that was doing that. I thought it was going to be Isaiah McKenzie. It didn't work out. There, there, that is what, I mean, that is what Travis Kelsey has lived on. They dink and dunk down the field. You saw it on display last year without the big threat uh, ability with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. They just dinked and dunked and you couldn't stop it. You right. couldn't. Right. So, I mean, I'm done even remotely addressing. I mean, you know, I'm lying. I'll probably bring it up a thousand more times. So, <laughs> now we're going to be talking about this all, all season. Yeah, I know for now, I'm just done with anybody who doesn't dig it because I don't, yeah. I just, you're never going to be happy. I am so never. stoked. Another question Pierre brought it up over the weekend. It's about, and I, and I brought, I brought up something. He brought up something. I think this is the two best ways to look at it. He brought up this, and this is a very easy question to ask yourself. Are they better today than they were yesterday? I think unequivocally, yes. I think absolutely. The way I posed it, if the Chiefs got them, the Bengals got them. Pissed. 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 Absolutely pissed. Pissed. Don't lie. Don't don't lie to yourself. Stop it. Chargers, I don't care. If if he fell and say the Cowboys pass on him, Bills pass on him and got some defensive lineman or something like that in round one, and then come around the Chiefs, or, or or the or the Bengals and they snatched him up. We would be royally pissed. Don't even act like you like you wouldn't be Listen, upset. I tell you right now, if the Miami Dolphins drafted him, I would have saw bare minimum, bare minimum, ten tweets saying that Dalton Kincaid was the next Gronk, Kittle, Kelsey, all by Bills fans. I would yeah. bet my soul on. You know it. Just because he's a Dolphin now, that's the only reason. Bills never yeah. make a move like this. Yeah. Bills never make a move. Well, they just did. So can we just yeah. let it, Yeah. you know, can we just let it metastasize or whatever the hell? I don't even know That's if I use that word right. Can we just let it, it roll? You know? it. And, and John DeFazio comes in, man, with a super chat. John, shout out to baby. He says, yo, I totally agree, Rev. Yo, um, Knox is a tight end, but I knew his assets, uh, Kincaid, he's going to be a zone killer. That's where Allen struggled. I agree 100%. Um, not, uh, Allen was at his best when we had that, when we had Beasley, that, that, that top slot receiver. Without question. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see that here in in, in Kincaid, but uh, I think I think you know I th- I think I think we we said enough you know about about Kincaid about what what I think the Bills are gonna be able to do. I'm I'm interested in in, in your thoughts about about what you think about our second round draft pick, man, and and uh, Osiris yes. Torrance, man. What do you think about that pick when 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 the Bills went up to the clock and they 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 selected that guy, man, big old hog molly of an offensive lineman from Florida. What were your initial thoughts? I said, I can't believe I, I said, I can't believe I've been this right. I, I said to myself, I said, I can't believe this. I said, <laughs> I, I said, I went into this trail. I said, I wanted two things. I wanted a weapon and an offensive lineman. They went yes. guard, guard. I go, I can't believe this. I have not, I have never been right on these things ever. Yeah. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, cause we're on with, um, with Don, Don, who yeah. was uh-huh. joined us over the weekend. If you guys were in, you know, Don big Florida Gators fan. Huge. And also very knowledgeable of, of uh, college prospects. And so he was thrilled. And then we get into it and I'm looking into it and I, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I'm looking at the grading 
I'm seeing I'm seeing first overall grade at the position, and then it hits me. I'm like, first round, yeah. And uh-huh. I'm like, wait a minute. It, so, at 25, the best tight end, and a in arguable top one of the top overall offensive weapons in the draft. Bills get him in round one. All it took was a fourth rounder. You wait mm-hmm. till 59. And you get the best guard in the I'm this like, to me. Ever, what did we do to deserve this? Dude, this never this, happened. <laughs> this to me, but I, I think this pick right here was probably the, the the one of the best picks, man. Because just 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 by virtue of the fact that this guy, many people had him with the first round grade. I mean, you, we know it earlier. I mean, there was a lot of people mocking him round one, late round one, the best guard, bar none, like the best guy. To have him fall out of the first round and almost completely out of round two to the Bills at 59, and we don't have to move up or anything, and we get the best offensive guard in the draft in the second round at 59? Come on, man. Like, how can you not be excited about that? I don't care that the that the Bills signed Connor, uh, you know, McGovern in free agency and then brought Bates back and then got Edwards, signed him, and then brought Bacher back. Look. I don't care. Made the best five win and get on the field. We got a guy in Osiris Torrance, young rookie contract. This is huge, man. Like this guy right here is day one starter in round two. This You're not moving this guy off, off of his spot. I absolutely loved it. And to see that he fell, I was completely shocked. Stunned. Completely shocked. Stunned, yeah. Keep talking because I'm trying to find a picture that I saw that is proving exactly what you're talking about when you say you're not moving this guy. Because this yeah. guy is a house. Immovable he is a mountain. legitimate compound with legs. Oh, my gosh. Trying to find this picture I saw. It's him holding a football, an NFL football, and it looks like he's it looks like he's holding a tic-tac. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> the guy, is, he, he's, he's enormous. And then on top of that, like, we, we've heard – um, you know, throughout the draft, like, okay, well, this guy, we, we think that just because of his size, that he's just this road grading offensive lineman. This guy is just going to plow through in the run game. But what we don't realize is that he, if I'm not mistaken, I heard that he only gave up one pressure in his entire collegiate career. Yeah, he let up like almost no sacks, or maybe like it no was sacks, I don't know, something one I pressure. That. Like that's re- and so when you think about okay. You almost get the best of both worlds with this guy, right? You get a big road grader, but this guy is good in pass protection, which, oh, by the way, we happen to pass the ball, you know, ad nauseum. So we need a guy who can pass protect, not just some big lunky guy, you know, that we had in, in Roger Sample, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> who couldn't pass protect and save his life. And so anyway, we get a guy like this, and, and you can't move him. Like, he's huge, ginormous of a guy. I think the only other offensive lineman that we have um, – on the roster that's as big as him or, or bigger is, is Deion Dawkins. Like, like that, that's it. And it's funny because him and Deion have like very similar hair and beards too. Like, so these two, yeah. these two could pair up and just become, I, I don't even want to say it. Cause I'm, I'm getting too excited. I, I don't want to, I just, I'm telling you, I want to just, I want to keep it. I, I told you this right when the season ended last year, expectations need to be kept at an all time bare minimum. I cannot allow myself to do what I did to myself last year. Because it was just terrible. Uh-huh. Um, all right, I found him. My main man, uh, Greg Thompson from Cover One. I'm sure you guys all know him. He's he tweeted this out because I knew I saw it somewhere. He he tweeted out the pictures uh, that the Bills put out of this guy. 
uh, Osiris Torrance. I mean, first of all, you can't tell me from the from the hair and the beard. He does have a a, um, a, a Deion Dawkins kind of look too, which is funny mm-hmm. that you say that. Okay, that is an NFL football, and Greg does a good job here. He, he zooms in here. I'll, I'll I'll go through the pictures. I mean, look at that. Dude, that look, look at that. I don't think people understand. Like, it might not look crazy. Try gripping an NFL football with one hand next time you have one. It, it is not easy. They're they're huge. Okay. Yeah. This guy is a tank. He is an absolute Humongous. tank. And just looking at the pictures of him, which I love to do because I think when you look at, uh, I think linemen, like, pictures are very yeah. telling, I think, of linemen sometimes where you're just like, you just look at a guy and you're like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get within a hundred miles of that guy. <laughs> right. And yeah. this guy is just an absolute stud. And I have not, I have yet to see anything but the most raving reviews as to the bills making a move on him in the second round. And anybody with a pair of eyes that even mm-hmm. remotely work. Okay that happened to take a gander at the Bills last year would have said, yeah, you know what? There's, it, there's, there's improvement. There's room for improvement on that old line. Okay. Yeah. That it does, doesn't take a whole lot to, to, to understand that. This guy's, this I don't guy, care, yes. I don't um, care what the hell your, your guy that you loved was or whatever at pick 59. And this is just what I was saying about, about Kincaid. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At the end of the day, at pick 59, you got the best graded guard in the draft, and it just so happens that you desperately need to improve your offensive line. You Mm -hmm. desperately needed to improve your weaponry core. You desperately needed to improve your offensive line. And within two picks, you got probably the two best values or amongst the two best values that any team walked away from the weekend with. I mean – I mean, I, I'm just like speechless over the moon about it. Honest to God, man, I am just so stoked about it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what, what more you can say. I mean, I mean, really what, what, what more do, you, what more do you want? Like, okay, Deion, Deion Dawkins, six five, three twenty. Okay, and six, let me just five, say this about Deion Dawkins, by the way. I just yeah. wanted to say this. I have been in person and interviewed Deion Dawkins multiple times. Been in person with him multiple times. If you haven't, I just want to, I just want to emphasize this. That is the most freakishly gigantic human being <laughs> I have ever seen. In my life, okay? The dude is, it's insane. There's going to be another one of him on that same line, just to point that out. I have been in his presence numerous times, and every time, it is like I'm seeing him from the first time all over again when it comes to being taken back as to how unbelievably, ungodly massive that dude is. And this is what you're getting right here as far as size and strength is concerned. 6'5", 320, Deion Dawkins, 35-inch arms, um, hands just under 10, 10 inches, all right? But then when you look at Osiris Torrance, and Deion is the biggest guy on the line so far. Osiris Torrance, 6'5", 330. <laughs> Arms just under 34 inches. <laughs> but look at his, his hands. This dude's hand, he has, from the combine, 11-inch hands. 11 and a quarter inch hands. That so is when the you go back to that picture, subway sandwich, folks. Dude, bro, go like this. He's almost a foot long, bro. This, this is like that. Bam, foot long, right there in your hand. It's like you know what I'm saying. You like, imagine? No wonder I get his mitts on you. No wonder you can't move him. No wonder he didn't give up a, a, a sack or pressure. You can't get you can't get around Dude, the guy. You'd have he, better luck moving a barrel of cement than that guy. Let's forget it. And and look it. 
I want you to just think about this, and because this stuff will never cease to amaze me. Okay, what did you just say? That that is a real thing that you just said. This guy's hands are the size of a foot long at Subway. Okay, yeah. these this guy's arms. I mean, what is, what is thirty four inches? I'm trying to think. What, what Bro, is, is, it, is it? One arm is 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 just under three feet. <laughs> think about that, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. So, all right, think about it like think this. Think of like a five-year-old, and that's what this guy has on either side of his body <laughs> with his arms. He's got two, two five-year-olds coming out of him. <laughs> and at the end of those two five-year-olds, he has a foot long. He's got two Subway sandwiches for hands. And on top of it, the guy weighs <laughs> as much as an F-150, and he could probably lift an F-150 if he had the, the means to do it. Dude, it's crazy, man. <laughs> Come Pick on, man. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're just going to be laughing. Like you just said. Like you just said. What, what, is, what, do you, like, what do you want me to say right here? What, what else were they supposed to do? This is why I just don't understand. Well, I know he was graded, you know, pretty unanimously as the best guard in the draft, but like, but no. what? Like, but what? I, yeah. I, I, I don't There's know. No I will say though, Rev, I, I have seen, I have not seen a whole lot of bitching about this one. And I think rightfully so, because I just don't know where you'd be getting off being upset about this. No, no. We would have been happy if we would have drafted him round one. We got him at that's 59. What, that's what I had heard immediately. And I'm like, yeah. you know, what's funny you say that. I mean, maybe you were, you might've been listening in at the time, but. That's what Don said. He's like, dude, he literally said right after he goes, if they had done this round one, he said I would have been fine with it. And I'm sitting there no, and I'm me. like, yeah. uh, I was just like, well, well, <laughs> F me for a lack of a better term. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, he was not on my radar in round two at 59. There's the, and my thing, I'm like, there's no way this guy is falling remotely close to the Bills in round two. I thought for a long time that we can get him at 27, you know, and I would have been fine with it. But to have him at in round at 59, we don't even have to trade up. We sat still, and everybody passed on him. I'm like, what are y'all doing? And here he is. Just felt, just felt, well, man, look, fate, call it fate, call it whatever you want to. This guy belonged on the Bills, man, and we got him. I'll just say this. I am probably like 10 times more like trying to think of the best word. I, I am 10 times more confident in the selections made last year than I was last this year than I was last year at this, at this immediate, like immediate post. Yeah. I can say that. Yeah. 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 Right. Because we knew the bills did not get the corner they wanted last year. The chiefs did. We know that. Because they, it just happened. It happened that way. The, 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 Chiefs, the Chiefs moved before the Bills, and then Bean did the same, right? Because it, it, like we, I think that's pretty much all but confirmed at this point. Based on what Bean did last year in round one, and based on what the Chiefs did, it, it pretty much kind of, it was pretty telling that it did not necessarily fall the way Bean wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And then in round two, which I was more than fine with, because I, I, I might be the only one still, I don't know. I mean, I know there's there's people out there, but it's like people forget. I, I swear to God, people forget that James Cook is on this team. I also swear to God, people forget that the guy is literally he, he hasn't even been on the team a full. He just hit a full year on the roster. Okay, yeah. people are like, oh, we don't have anything. I'm like, dude, 
every time this guy got a chance, which was minimal, by the way, and it, it's one of the biggest criticism I have of this team. When you're a young player, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good you are. It's unfortunate sometimes with this team. Whether you're great or not, you don't necessarily get a whole lot of burn on the field. It's, it's pretty annoying. Devils just scored the first goal of the game, by the way. Ten minutes into the second period. Neither of these teams can score in this series. It's wild. But uh, Devils take the lead. Game seven, one nothing over the Rangers. As I was saying. Okay. That is, it is one of those positional groups in the running back position, right? Because it's already polarizing to begin with. Hell, over the weekend, Rico and I got into it for about 20 minutes about it. We were arguing about it. Um, so there's that. Sorry, my headphones just made a noise because they're going to die. And it just pisses me off. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> oh, there's that, right? It's already a polarizing positional group, running back. Yeah. Like, because everybody wants to talk about it, right? So there's already that. But two, you look at the way they utilized them last year, and people are, if you're forgetting about them already or you're already kind of moving on from that, I don't even know if it's necessarily your fault because you really weren't given the opportunity to be all that stoked about the second-round pick last year, okay? Mm-hmm. Right now? I, you've been given every opportunity in the world to be stoked about these based on how it mapped out is what I'm saying. Yeah. When you're looking at it right now, last year you took a corner that it kind of felt like as though the bills were not necessarily like it wasn't their first choice is what I'm getting at. Yeah, Kyrie Allen yeah. was not, I it just, that's kind of how it felt to me. And I think that that kind of came to fruition based on what we had heard after the fact. Mm-hmm. And then he took a running back, which like I said, I was fine with it. Most people were not. So I understood Last year, you know, you're not feeling like a million bucks about it. But this year, it is like quite literally the polar opposite of that. You get a you get a weapon in round one that actually fell to you that you wanted. You didn't have to make the move on, on a whim uh, in panic because somebody mm-hmm. else jumped up and got the guy that was actually who you were eyeing. And so you're like, oh, okay, time to make a move now or else we're going to lose this guy. You get right. that guy. And then in round two, you you get the furthest thing from a polarizing pick. You get a guy that is going to be hopefully a staple in front of Josh Allen for the foreseeable future. And we all know how much that's been lacking and how much we have needed that as we see Josh Allen continuously take more and more pressure and hits and constantly having to bail out of the pocket. It's just two picks to me that I thought yeah. made so much sense. It was so valuable as far as how how it went down. They're going to be immediate impacts with the ability to be able to be impactful on this team for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I just I'm like I'm just I'm stoked. I love it. I, I love just, it, man. I, I love it too. I love it. Now I, th- I think I think round three may be where yes. a lot of people you know have room to be like, okay, well, yes. not too well, sure about this, about no. that one. Right. And I and I and I understand that. And I think it's more to do with the fact that he's more of a Milano style quarter uh, linebacker than he is an Edmonds style linebacker. But here's what here's right. how I look at it. Was he the best linebacker available? And the answer was probably yes, correct, Rev? At in the third round. Probably so, yeah. Right. For what they wanted, yeah. I understand the placement on the team as far as personnel is concerned it might not be the most adequate fit currently. I also understand that it's not necessarily the most um, seamless replacement for a Tremaine Edmonds, right? I get that. Mm -hmm. I also think, though, in round three, 
you get a linebacker that I have heard personally outside of those two things, which are fair criticisms, because you know a player really is only as good as your ability to utilize them. And Matt Milano's not coming off the field unless he gets injured again. Which, yeah. by the way, <laughs> I, I, that, that that happens a lot. So yeah. So who do you have to back him up? Yes. Keep that in mind. Um, I will say though, outside of those two criticisms, both incredibly fair. I've heard nothing but glowing things about the guy as far as talent is concerned. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same for me. I, I think in round three, I'm not too sure if, if he was their top guy that they wanted in round three, because what I think happened was the same thing that the bills did to the Cowboys in round one. I think the, the, uh, the Ravens did to the bills in round three, the Ravens, if you guys remember the Ravens jumped all the way up ahead of the bills um, to pick 86 and they got Trenton Simpson. So uh, Trenton Simpson was, you know, the, the linebacker from Clemson. Um, he came off the board. Um, just ahead of him was Diane Henley from the Chargers. So I think that, that, that there started to be a run at, at linebacker. Ravens jumped up ahead and got the guy that they wanted. And then the Bills probably just, just, just settled. And they were, they were unable to make any really moves because they, because they didn't have the capital because they traded up, right, um, in round one. And so, but when you look at, at Dorian, it's not like he's a slouch because – I've heard people say, well, he's too small. He's not too small because when you look at, at some of the top linebackers in the league right now, these guys are all six foot, six one, maybe 5'11", 230 max, right? I mean, these, these guys are small, quote unquote, small, undersized linebackers. Look at it. Look, look at the guy that, that we know firsthand um, in the, the Kansas City Chiefs, Nick Bolton. This guy's yep. just a shade under six foot, 230, right? Undersized linebacker out of Missouri, but this guy has instincts and can knock your block off. We saw it in the playoffs. This guy's phenomenal, right? And so a lot of these guys now, the NFL has shifted more to these smaller body type speed uh, linebackers who have incredible instincts, okay? I think we've gotten so spoiled with Tremaine Edmonds for five years because he is a freakazoid throwback type of a linebacker at 6'5", 255. They don't make them no more, right, with his athleticism. And so we've, we've gone we, – we had him for so long, and now we expect to find an Edmonds-style linebacker in every draft, and this is not the case, right? The only guy that was close in terms of body comp-wise was Jack Campbell, who went way ahead of what we anticipated, you know, in round one. And so – and then, yeah, we passed on Drew Sanders, but he was a project, so – when you look at Ed Dorian Williams um, a little bit that I've seen from him, the guy has incredible instincts. Like he he's and and he's a four four guy, so he so he's he's faster than than Edmonds was. He has more instincts than what Edmonds did coming out. Um, and then so Bean is like, yo, we, we're we're probably gonna try him out at outside linebacker, make him you know uh, back up Milano for now to see because this defense is kind of complicated and this may take him a while to kind of get used to it and understand it. And so rather than throwing everything at him at once, we'll let him learn one position and then year two, we'll see if he can handle it and move on. And so if he just comes in and is this an outside linebacker and a backup to Milano, that's great because like he had mentioned, but how many times or how often is Milano in and out of the lineup, you know, from a week to week basis? Pretty much every single year since he's been on the team. Yeah. And so who do you have that's going to step in for Milano, right? I mean, when you look at Tyrell Dodson. I don't even want to know. Terrell Bernard. Because we all know what that defense is without Milano. It is like a shell of itself every time. It is, right? It is. And so when you have a guy like Dorian, he's your guy outside who's going to be probably your number one backup to Milano with the potential to actually play the middle linebacker position. I'm not too concerned about when I look at the, the middle linebacker position because 
if we remember uh, Dotson, he 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 filled in very admirably for for Tremaine Edmonds. You know, a lot different body type, right? But he played very well. We know what we get out of him. We know what we're getting out of AJ Klein. Let's just not hope AJ Klein has to start because we don't want him in coverage. And then we got Brandon Bean, who's been who's who said, you know what? Terrell Bernard and Baylen Spector, two of the draft picks from last year, one the third round pick last year, who was a captain at Baylor, is going to get an opportunity to really start to compete for the starting job. So when you look, you're looking at it. I feel okay. Even if there's a slight regression in that position, I still feel okay when you look at the overall depth at the linebacker position. Um, and Dorian, it's not to say that he's not going to come in and, and you know in training camp and, and, and blow everybody out and end up starting the middle linebacker. We don't know that yet. So I like his upside again. Um, I would just like to every like to say to everybody, just pause on the whole undersized kind of thing because that's the flavor of, of the NFL right now. These guys are six foot, six one, two thirty max. The, the, the you know the throwback Erlacher, uh, Ray Lewis guys, those guys are not gonna like look. look you're not gonna see them anymore. You really aren't. And then if if you do have them, they're gonna be liabilities and coverage unless they have the speed and the athleticism to keep up. Yeah. See, the days of being able to absolutely just take someone's head off over the middle of the field, like a Ray Lewis, yeah, and then uh, Brian Erlacher, uh, the guys that we grew up on, or at least I I know how it makes kind of. I know you guys all grew up on. Probably different linebackers than I did, but those are the linebackers I grew up on. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was also the day and age where you could quite literally, I mean, just put someone on, underneath the ground over the middle of the field. You can't do that anymore. Right. You have to you have to play coverage. You're you're not out there. I mean, in my opinion, I think Milano is probably the still in, in currently the hardest hitting player might maybe in the league. And that still is not a, sh- not a shade of what Ray Lewis and those guys were. That's just yeah. the, 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 like you said, flavor is the best way to put it mm-hmm. uh, because that is exactly what it is now in the, uh, in the NFL. Um, and, you know, I also want to address this too, and I'm going to get the John uh, DeFazio super chat in a second here. Uh, apologies for the delay on that, John. I, um, I think we got into it a little bit and yeah, we did. Uh-huh. Do, and next thing you know, yeah, I, I, I've got it. It goes up the board and oh, sorry, John, we'll get, <laughs> get to that in a second. Uh, but what I wanted to say real quick beforehand on this particular pick, uh, the Dorian Williams pick. Um, so here's how I see it compared to what I've seen people say. Uh, if you thought you were going to replace a first-round linebacker in the third round, well, you weren't. So for those who aren't stoked about the fact that this isn't a take one puzzle piece out, put another puzzle piece back in for Edmonds type pick, well, I got some news for you. You know, as much as people didn't like Edmonds or whatever, the guy was still a very solid linebacker for this team. Mm-hmm. So much so that the Bears were willing to absolutely bag him up. That's right. They gave him an absolute bag. Edmonds was a I don't want I don't know if I want to say great, but better than good linebacker who when put around the right personnel within within a defense can really yeah. flourish. But the Bills also looked at where they currently are and what has to be delegated as far as finances are concerned. And he was just unfortunately one of those casualties. If the Bills were not in the financial position in which they are currently in, they would have brought him back. Yes, Tremaine Edmonds would be on this team. He isn't gone because He's they wanted him gone. Right. That was your clear, yes, your clear cut example of a cap casualty. Yeah. Bar none. Bar none. Teams lose these guys every yes. single year. Of course they'd love to have him around. Of course they would. The Bears blow, and they are they went on a shopping spree in the free agency. We saw that. Plus, right. they always overspend on defensive players. 
But it just goes to show you, I mean, there it wasn't like it was a tough time. Edmonds was picked up the second he was no longer a bell. Like the second it was pretty obvious that he was not going to be re-signed. The Bears, he was one of their Quick. first signings. Quick. Yeah. Quick. So yeah. um for those who weren't all that fond, and I know there were plenty of them, uh, well, you know, and you might not have loved him, but he was plenty good enough to where you have to consider the fact that replacing him is not going to be an overnight thing. That's and it more than likely is not going to be a third round draft pick type thing. If your main focus was replacing Tremaine Edmonds, that probably would have had to have happened in the first round. And even then, I don't even know if that would have been sustainable the way it felt. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think that would have happened. And for everybody who's saying, like, like when we're talking about like mock drafts, like Joel, Jack, Jack Campbell round one, they're like, oh, there's no way. You know, there's no way I would draft that guy in round one. He's his second round pick with the Lions got him. Round one, he went. So it goes, to, yeah, it goes. And to listen, everyone and their mother, I mean, the Lions are getting toasted. They are the only team <laughs> below like a, a B as far as grades are concerned. And I get it. I, I personally was like, what the hell are they doing? Um, but that just goes to show you that even the linebacker position that potentially could have filled the shoes of uh, Jermaine Edmonds, the, the guy that was supposed to go into the mid second round where the bills could have gotten him was gone. Uh, I mean, that was he the stunner of like teens, man. Yeah, yeah that I was one of the he, biggest stunners in a long time. Eighteen. That, yeah. that was that was a stunner pick. Yes, he went at so, eighteen. It wasn't going to happen. Just to be pretty much as blunt as I can with you, Edmonds wasn't getting replaced in this draft, and this necessarily this isn't. I don't think this pick was to do that either. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you people think, oh, you have a knock, so you can't get Kincaid. You have Milano, so you can't get Williams. Well, like I just got through talking about with you you know Milano's been hurt a bunch he's also not the youngest guy around either this is a team that I think people fail to realize are starting to now transition Mm -hmm. into thinking about what's going to be around a few years from now and I know we have been so indoctored into only thinking about this window that contains Diggs and Von Miller and Poyer and Hyde Enjoy it this year, please. I know I'm going to try my yes. best because yes. that is going to be a whole different look. It's going to be different. Very yes, very soon. So consider that. There's so many things that are incredibly tough to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what I also don't like. Oh, you got a great weapon and a great offensive line upgrade. Oh, but you didn't replace Edmonds. Damn it. The draft sucks. The draft is, yeah, the draft is, yeah. you throw it out. No. No. Now, I don't know enough about Dorian Williams to make it to make a legitimate call on as to whether or not I think it's a great pick or not. I just wanted to say that from what I have heard, it does sound as though he is a real solid linebacker for a third round pick, but it's just not the best fit for the Bills current setup. Doesn't mean it won't be in the future, though. And that's something that I think we definitely have to consider with these with these draft picks, because this is a different bill, a different Bills team. Uh, going forward here. It's not going to be what we have gotten used to over the last couple of years quite soon. Uh, Sorry again uh, for the delay, Johnny. Really do appreciate the super chat, though. And you come in and you say, let me explain how good. I'm thinking about our offseason is so so Mafia gets it. Good one, Rev. Yeah. I was going to sit there for a minute. Take two, John DeFazio, super chat. He comes in saying, let me explain how good our offseason is so mother effers gets it. I like the way that mm-hmm. was phrased because Johnny's saying, listen, <laughs> sit down and let me talk for a second. Let me explain something to you. Yeah. Johnny said, let me put this into your noggins. He says, we re-signed Poyer. Extremely physical at guard, three deep. 
most feared offensive weapon in the draft, and beast at guard picking 26 with only six picks. Physical fast linebacker plus 10 picks in, 20, in, 24. in 2024. Yeah. Is that a projection? No, Is that's that- what we have. Oh, because of all the trades that that, that I, I, thought, did. I thought my man Johnny was like, listen, man, Dorian Williams, you don't know who this kid is. He's going to walk on the field and pick. He's going to get 10 picks next year. I'm like, dude, when's the last time <laughs> linebacker had five picks? Oh, like, holy shit. All right. I'm I'm like, draft, all right. Draft draft yeah, no, that is very, very true. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, it's a perfect segue. Uh, appreciate it, Johnny. A perfect segue as to what I was just talking about. This is a draft this year where the Bills only had six picks. I mean, think yeah. about it. It's like it's like playing a lottery game where the Bills, uh, compared to most other teams, had less shots to get it right. And I would argue yeah. they got it right more than the majority of the teams who had uh, had more capital this year. Think about yeah. it like that. And then when, the, when it comes to the, to the other situation here, Rev, as far as talking about the future, I think they've done a great job of, of doing both, like picking and utilizing assets to not only cover current ground, but to also look towards that future and then set themselves up with more capital next year to continue yeah. this process. Absolutely. I mean, we can already guarantee that, that Brandon Bean is going to target somebody and probably use those, those draft picks to move up. That's, that's what he said. He, he said, it. you know, hey, these picks are a buffer for me to, in case we don't want to trade up next year. So he's already thinking about it next year right. and thinking about replenishing the, 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 uh, the team with younger guys because we're going to have a lot of free agents that are going to be gone at the end of the season. So Brandon Bean's already thinking ahead. That's what you want your general manager to, to do. And he's done that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we can, we can sit here and, and, and complain about, well, this pick or that pick. But when you come into this draft with only six picks and not a, not a whole lot of money to, to, to make a lot of moves in free agency anyway, I think, man, like like they they squeeze as much lemon juice out of that lemon as they could. They they wrung that towel, you know, as much as they could. And they, when you look at it, just when you look at the positions that they that they that they targeted, and they were able to get, they filled almost every need outside of defensive tackle in the draft. Right? They needed a weapon on offense. They got it. Boom with Dalton Kincaid. They needed offensive line help. They got it. Boom with Osiris Torrance, the best offensive line guard in in the league. I mean, in in the draft. They needed to fill a hole at linebacker. They got it, boom, with Dorian Williams. I mean, you may or may not like him, but whatever. You say we needed another weapon on offense, a receiver. We got it with 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 shorter. You know what I'm saying? We got another guard for for depth, and we got another defensive back. So, like we 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 hit on on almost every position of need outside of defensive tackle. But then you had undrafted free agents. We just brought in a guy from Alabama to play D tackle. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Bean did about the best that he could do with six picks. You know what I'm saying? And that's him, and that's with him trading up and then accumulating picks for next year. So when you look at it, man, yeah, I'm glad John put that out there like that. I mean, he did about as good as you could have done this year. I, I'm convinced that some people want like Bean to show up their house and sit down with them and be like, hey, what do you want me to do? And then and that would be the only that. way they would even yeah. be remotely yeah. satisfied. Yeah. I swear to God. Um Anyhow, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to give a quick smoke break sports update. New Jersey Devils, 2 nothing going into the third period. It looks like the Rangers season might be coming to a close. And then over on the NBA front, we have game one of the Eastern Semis tonight, Rev. Mm-hmm. And Joel Embiid is out. And James Harden decided to cook up probably the best game he's had in like a year. 
42 points for Harden. But Jason Tatum, he said, I'm going to match you. Because he's got 37, 12, and 5. That game might go to overtime. That's at 110, 113 right now. So while you're watching the smoke break, I mean, I got to tell you, the sports recently, in conjunction with in conjunction with the draft, this has been just phenomenal, phenomenal. Everywhere you look, there is something good going on right now. I freaking love it. Um, okay, Reb. Before we close up shop, and I think if we just if we if we got into every draft pick tonight, one I wouldn't be able to do it because I'm, I I hate to I hate to tell you, uh, I I don't know the most about uh you know Nick Brocker in round seven. I hate I hate to admit yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah, me neither. I don't, yeah, I will tell you though. I hope to God that he's just, I hope he's phenomenal. That's what I'll say. The one right. guy I do want to talk about with you, Reb, before we uh, round it out here tonight, because I blinked and we've been on here for two hours. I, I have no idea how. Every time you come on, Reb, I just have the, <laughs> I swear to God, I have the best time. And you have fun, man. And, and, and the sun came up and down three times before we, we stopped. <laughs> so, the one guy I want to talk to you about because we knew it was inevitable. The Bills were going to take a wide receiver. And I felt as though even after the Kincaid pick, mm-hmm. wide receiver was going to get taken somewhere. It just felt like it was going to happen. There's been too many players throughout yeah. the last handful, several years that have just turned into being studs throughout the draft at the wide receiver position. It seems as though lately, let's just, let's, let's put, put to the side the, like the top 10 guys, like a Jamar Chase type guy or a mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson type guy, right? The gap between like the the late first round wide receivers and like the fourth, fifth, I mean, yeah, there's a gap, but it's not like, it, I mean, it's not as big as you would imagine it to be based on that big of a difference in 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 picks. The, 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 these wide receivers, if you do, if you if you're able to get lucky and there's been a higher success rate, I'd say, than not that are able to contribute to these teams in some capacity. And I'm not saying you're going to come out there and, and be the the next digs, but if mm-hmm. you're able to come out and be an established piece in some capacity, which is exactly what Gabe Davis has been for us yeah. out of the fourth round. Right. Uh, th- th- this is, this is an area that I think is always worth addressing wide receiver at when you get into the late stages of the draft. I just think that that's a position it's just worth burning one of your picks every year on because lately you can mm-hmm. you can see it throughout the league. There are guys that have been impact players all throughout the league at the wide receiver position that have not been taken in the first round. So the Bills did exactly what we expected them to do at some point, and it was in round five. They do take a wide receiver at the 150th overall pick, and it was wide receiver, wide receiver uh, Justin Shorter. And I thought it was interesting that – the Bills not only were able to get a weapon in the first round that wasn't a wide receiver that I personally was extremely stoked about, but I was mm-hmm. also kind of surprised to see that the Bills were able to get a couple of guys. Good night, Caroline. Love you. Caroline's going to bed. She's got to work at like four. Right no, now. good night, Caroline. Actually, how the hell are you still up, by the way? Wow. I don't think <laughs> I've seen her up past nine on a, on a work <laughs> ever. So she ought to be fun tomorrow. I'm imagining this might this might be yeah. I think this might be a, a rough night for Caroline. God bless. Anyhow, <laughs> I thought it was fun to see that shorter and Os- uh, and Osiris, um, were both coming out of Florida together yeah. to join this team. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that when you do look at the history 
of the guys who really end up making an impact throughout the NFL at a higher rate, it's out of the SEC. So we don't necessarily mm-hmm. know in the fifth round how impactful or how soon an impact can be made by a guy like Justin Shorter. But I do love the fact that this particular draft, at least, we saw two guys come out of the SEC that I am always fond of seeing. I'm always fond of seeing that route because that is just a football factory. If you look around the NCAA, yeah, just- it's the SEC. It's a gap as far as the is the Grand Canyon. And then there's a, you know, there's your, there's your top big 10 teams. And then that's pretty much it. So I always love taking mm-hmm. waivers on these guys. So what I thought we would do Rev uh, before we close up shots. And I wanted to watch a little bit of tape on this shorter um, on YouTube here, just to, just to kind of mm-hmm. get a look at what he might be bringing to the table. I don't know if you had any initial thoughts on this pick or what your thoughts were on it, but I was just excited nonetheless to see a wide receiver. And also one that I think is coming out of the best conference in the NCAA, where I just feel like if you're going to be football ready, you're more you're the most prepared when you're coming out of the uh, out of the SEC. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this guy. I mean, you get you guys can look up his numbers. I mean, just this past year, 577 yards uh, receiving, average nine, um, just under 20 yards per catch per reception. This guy, he's your, he he's he's in the mold of Gabe, not super fast, but fast enough to get behind the defense. Big guy, six two hundred. He's been Gabe. His good hands and high ball. Um, I think he's Gabe. Happened to lose Gabe um, in uh, free agency at the end of the, this year. Uh, but even if if we manage to keep Gabe, this is still a guy that you want on your outside to kind of come in and out. And I don't know is he about if, if too many people actually saw this picture. Um, but I want to I want to share this real quick if I mm-hmm. can uh, because <laughs> when it came out, I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy. I think I think we may have I think we may have found our uh our DK Metcalf. You know what I'm no. saying? In terms of DK light. Just look at that guy right there. I mean, when you when you when you when you just look at this <clears throat> body type, I mean, dude, when's the last time we had a guy like that on on our team on offense? Look, look, look at this guy. Six four, six five, two hundred and thirty pounds, at least two thirty. He may be a little bit bigger than that. Rocked up. The guy runs a four five forty. Um, I get it, you know, sizes and everything. It's all about, you know, how you play and all that kind of stuff. But like I just mentioned, look up his numbers. Very, very good numbers coming out of Florida. So I love the pick. Um, get him in here, man, and 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 uh, get him learning the system. And uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens, man. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely encouraged because we don't have that type of a body type on this roster. I mean, Gabe Davis is the bigger biggest receiver we have currently on the roster, and he's six two two twenty. I did not see that picture. Glad you showed me it. Yeah, um, because one, it was like looking in the mirror. The guy kind of, as far as physique is concerned, he reminds me a lot yeah. of myself. And, and and two, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, and two, um, it, it's it's like what we were talking about with Torrance. It's like I just get so stoked seeing just inhuman freaks, man. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it just makes me very very excited. And we all know, I mean, that's Brandon Bean's like. We got, what did I call him that one time? Professor X. He's, he's like him in the mutants. Yeah. He just loves it. He loves yes, these freak of nature athletes. Yep. So let's take a look at this guy. Let's take a look at some. Uh, let's take a look at some highlights here for the Florida Gators, um, and see what we might potentially see out on the field at One Bills Drive this year. Because, um, like I said, man, wide receiver is one of those positions you just you throw it out there, and the training camp is going to be fun, man. Yeah, it is. I oh, got. I can't wait. 
See, let me just say something about like this. Let me just say something about this right here, by the way. And I know this is like nothing. Um, not this one, the next one. I, I know this is literally like the most rudimentary football play imaginable. I wanna I wanna know that like the Bills could not do that last year out at a consistent on a consistent basis. Yeah. And it's not to say that they can't. It's just that you might see a guy like this is a guy that's not gonna be he's not he's not gonna be like your your deep threat burner guy, right? He's not gonna be able to beat you up top like a Hopkins would or whatever, where you're going up and fighting for the ball, I would imagine, right? It's stuff like this, though, that I think we overlook the value of this at times, where if you can just get a guy that where if he brings this to the table, he's a chain right mover. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I just don't understand. I don't think people I think people really devalue. Like how much that matters. It's all the Chiefs do. It's all New England did for 20 years. I don't right. think Brady. I mean, Brady barely ever put the ball down the field. They would just uh, only, only when they had Randy Moss is, is yeah. the year they went vertical. After exactly. that, it's, it's always been a horizontal game with him. And then you look at you look at this play with second and eight. It's first down, first yeah. down. I mean, big six and five. I can remember third and eight going down the down the sideline for forty yards. You know right. what I mean? That's not. It's a it's death by a thousand cuts that oftentimes winds up being the best the best form of offense. Mm-hmm. I thought the Chiefs have done a terrific job of it post Tyreek Hill. I mean, last year. I thought they were brilliant at it. They 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 understood what was going to be needed without a guy like Tyree Kill that can get you 85 yards on on a single play. Mm-hmm. Um and and then the the ultimate ultimate example is New England. I mean, you knew what was coming every time and it happened that you could not stop it. If you have an right. offense that is efficient and it also just it's a well-oiled machine that just does not have any hiccups in it. Obviously, that's not necessarily Josh Allen's game, and it's what makes him great at these electrifying plays and stuff. But I think the Bills, and we saw it with Cole Beasley, and 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 you see it throughout the league. I think if the Bills have a guy that can do this, and I think this is going to be one of the stronger uh, assets of Kincaid as well, this is going to be uh, much more valuable for a team like the Bills than you realize. Because I think it's something Josh Allen yeah. needs, especially especially when you look at the uh, you know the issues last year that I would say that were that were plaguing him at times with the turnovers, mm-hmm. with the inability to move the chains on first and second down a lot of the time. Yeah. These are things that I think are are definitely more valuable than meets the eye because they're not all that exciting. Like that isn't an exciting play, but it's an efficient play. That that's it right there. I think I think we've been. So, I'm glad you said that, man, because I don't think people really understand what you really just said. People have been looking for exciting for so long because Josh can do that, but they neglect the efficient plays. Like yeah. that's just move the chains because eventually, I mean, death by a thousand cuts, right? Whether you get there in one fell swoop or you get there, you know, in 10, 12 plays, it doesn't matter as, as long as, as long as the end result is six points on the board. That's all that matters to me at the end of the day. However you, however you get there, you get the job done as long as you get it done. And this guy is showing the, the ability to get it done. And also what I like out of him is he actually has some sneaky speed to get, look at that, yeah, to get by the defense. I mean, he is, he's not, he's not slow as what you would think. I mean, he and Gabe Davis clocked the same 40 time in the combine. Gabe Davis ran a four, five, four. He runs, he ran a four, five, five. And this guy is heavier than Gabe is and bigger than Gabe. And Gabe is being used as, as, as a deep threat to a degree. And we've seen what Gabe can do deep, right? So this guy can do that um, in a bigger body. I love it, man. I, I love it. And and 
the bigger guys you get, I mean, you imagine you get this guy 6'5", you get Gabe Davis 6'2", you get Kincaid 6'4", 6'5", you get Knox, Knox, Dawson Knox 6'4", 6'5". Come on now. Look at this. Well, first of all, that ball by that. Anthony Richardson. Tonight. Anthony Richardson just, just, just beautiful pass. And by the way, I think Anthony Richardson was the best quarterback drafted in that class. I'm sorry. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Totally agree with you. I would, I, I, I am, so, that, to, that's that. a hell of a catch. Look at how he, how he tracked that ball over his shoulder, adjusted and caught it. I'm so Phenomenal. with you though, Rev. The draft to me is about potential. It's not about, okay, you're going to check box X, Y, and Z, and that's probably it. I, I'm taking the risk on a guy like Richardson that oh, could be dude. like Cam Newton, Josh Allen. Oh, dude. I mean, he I'm is... here, I've been hearing he has shades of Michael Vick type potential in certain areas of his game. Oh, dude can run fast. Of them. Yeah. I mean, the guy is like, he's a human highlight reel. He is so fun to watch. The, yeah. The now, that's an unbelievable throw, Heck but yeah. an even better catch, I'd say. Look at it. There's a reason that was probably last. So I go, wait for this. Uh, what is this? Home Depot? How is Zapier? Get out of here. Um, that was disgusting right here. Oh, that's there he is. Look, look at that. Oh, right that's over double, right over double coverage. You want to know what I've noticed too here for like a smaller guy? You can tell he doesn't give a single shit about getting hit. Every time, every, every throw in this highlight reel, there's clearly been like two guys within like a couple inches of him. Doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I love it, dude. But yeah, I, he's I love an it, ass, Jerry Rice. Anyhow, he no, I, I love, I love it. Fifth round, like I said earlier, um, it's just to me that's a that's a lottery scratch off ticket worth taking every single time mm -hmm. in this draft because you just don't know. You don't. Yeah, I mean, you got people saying that he's slow. That's why he's available. Come on now. I mean, look, Gabe Davis was just as slow, quote unquote slow, right? Brandon Bean was glad that he ran a four five four because that means that he's going to fall to him. And, and how is he being utilized right now as a deep threat receiver? And how many times have we seen Gabe Davis get behind the defense for deep balls and run past? We saw it We saw it in Pittsburgh, right? Like last year, 90-something yard touchdown reset, blew the, blew the defense off. I mean, blew, <laughs> blew the top <laughs> off the defense. He right. blew the top off the defense. <laughs> so he has enough speed, man. Forget all this. You don't, everybody doesn't need to be a 4-3. He's got football speed, play speed. And, uh, and, and shorter, man, you know, on tape, he, he, can, he can get up there. He's not, he doesn't have the, the, the quick acceleration. But once you get that big train going, it's going to be hard to stop, man. And he's showing that, that he can get behind guys. So I, I like it. And then who, how many defensive backs are really going to want to take on a 6'5", 230-plus pound guy yoked up like that, man? And he goes up and gets it. We don't really see Gabe going up and high-pointing balls a lot. This guy high-points balls, man. Gets up there, body catches, it doesn't matter. Um, I like it. We got Gabe in round four. We got this guy in round five. Hey, it's another weapon. I'm, like, so excited about it. Yeah, man. I just don't even know what else to say. I, I I went into this draft in in some capacity. They had they did every single thing I wanted them to do, and and I'm not a, I'm not like the type of guy when it comes to the draft to be like um either overwhelmingly happy or overwhelmingly mad because I usually just try to I try to one take it for what it is, yeah, and then two let it 
play, play out. Because God forbid you, you, you waited a minute to see what the, the, these guys can do. <laughs> but all you can ask for, Rev, I think, is the ability to know that the GM in the front office of this team attacked just about, with, with limited assets, by the way, attacked just about every possible need or want you could have really have had in this draft. I don't know how yeah. you can, I, I, outside of maybe D-line, which you can't say they haven't been trying to attack forever yeah, now. Right. So it's not like they haven't given their fair crack at that. Outside of that, I, I don't really know what you'd be dissatisfied about. And then, and then just, just before we end, let me say this about the defensive line, because, yeah, I, I wanted them to address it um, later in the draft. But even when you, when you, when you think about this, and, I, and I, told, I told one of our guys, man, in our, in our group chat about it, because some people were saying, you know what, hey, we know what that round three pick, you know, we we got a backup linebacker when we could have gotten, you know, a, a, a defensive tackle there. And I'm thinking, if we got a defensive tackle in round three instead instead of Dorian Williams, where do you think he was going to play? Do you think he was going to come in and start over Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver? He's not. And so if they would have drafted a guy, guess where guess where he would have been on the bench as a backup? You know, you know what I'm saying? So so. The the Bills defensively, whether you whether you like him or not, Daquan Jones, in my opinion, was probably one of the most valuable defensive linemen on the on this team last year outside of Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Very underrated guy, but he just produced week in and week out. And we saw it when he got injured. He could not play against the Bengals exactly what happened. Right. And so you've got him. We've got Ed Oliver. Nobody's starting over Ed Oliver, whether you want him gone or not. It's just not happening. And then they brought back Jordan Phillips. Granted, we need him to stay healthy, but anyway, he's back. You got him and Tim Settle, right? Elion Kuzair. So, so I think they feel okay with the defensive line, and then they just added somebody as UDFA. Like, come on now, we know how much they rotate. We don't need we we didn't necessarily need a guy that high in the draft because he was just going to be a backup. Guess what? Just like Dorian Williams so far might be. That was so. That was it. Rev's always <laughs> good at giving us a good closer. He always is. And, um, wow, we just cracked two hours. And like I say, every time I'm with you, Rev. Oh. We got some chat. Every time I'm with you, Rev. Hold on. We got a super chat before we get out. David Reed coming in with a last minute SC for the boys. He's coming in. He's saying the one negative I have on shorter is he catches with body more than his hands and Josh throws hard. You can see the ball bouncing off of him. Um, I gotta, I gotta tell you this, David. That's that to me something you, you got you're gonna have you probably gotta learn pretty quick, right? I, I I feel like that's oftentimes something that you do see a lot of in in college as well. Um, just because you are so much more open in college mm-hmm. than you are in the NFL. I mean, what's one of the biggest criticisms of of quarterbacks coming out of the NFL or out of the uh, NCA? The inability to throw a guy open. Mm-hmm. In, in 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 this is why a lot of the time, like you. Why hasn't an Ohio State quarterback ever achieved, like literally ever achieved, right? Why is the yeah. Alabama success rate up until very recently here not been really any good at all? Right. You play against, you play on a team that is, you have five-star athletes as water boys on these teams. These teams, every single position on that on that team is as good as it could possibly be at the college level. And you are playing teams with an inadequate amount of talent to match yeah. up with that. 
And that leads to the ability to just, it's like backyard ball sometimes. And that's why oftentimes you will see players not pan out to certain expectations coming out of great organizations in college, like an Ohio state, like in Alabama, right? Because they look so great in college, the competition gets way more tough in that, in the NFL. And right. it's just a completely different game. So I think one of the things that you oftentimes see in college is something like this, where you just saw several highlights in that, in that uh, real from shorter there. I mean, how many catches were there? where he had a five yard, you know, lean on the guy. So mm -hmm. it happens. I will say though, you get to the NFL. And I think that that is probably something that is like emphasis, focal point. Number one, especially when you're with Josh Allen, because I don't care how good your hands are or what you, how you're catching, right? Catch it from Josh Allen is unlike catch it from anybody. So that's a learning curve for anybody. Yeah. Not, yeah. not just him. That's, that's literally any receiver you can think of. Yeah, just just catch it. I don't care how you do it. I mean, I've even heard Michael Irvin say at times, you know, like, and this is for Hall of Fame wide receivers saying, you know, sometimes the most secure type of catch is a body catch, especially if you're going yeah. across the middle. You know what I'm saying? So I don't care how he does it as long as he does it. Right. As long, I was just gonna say, as long as he catches it. I was just going to say, man, dude, catch the damn ball. I don't give a shit if you catch it with your feet. If you catch the right. damn ball, move the chains, man. I don't give a damn. <laughs> and one it. other point that was a good point by Bill's fan, uh, 7883 here. Great point. Yeah. Richardson probably throws the ball 90 miles an hour. Yeah. That dude, I, I don't think people understand what's coming to the league with him. If he winds dude, up. Oh my God. Like, if he hits, oh, if he hits with the Colts, man, they, the got, dude, him, they got him. A guy. I don't think people get it. Really now it just depends. I mean, the Colts, the Colts have also had tremendous, the, the, the tremendous ability in, in, in turning quarterbacks into being phenomenal quarterbacks. I know they've had their fair share of, Tough luck here after Andrew Andrew Luck left him at the altar, essentially. But the, the Colts have been known to have a good quarterback or two in their day. And yeah. if this guy hits, trust me, you're going to want to have nothing to do with him. I promise you. Um, mm. I'm rooting for the kid because uh, I love him. And from everything I've heard, Rev, too, on top of it, he was also like what seemed to be like far and away the most likable quarterback, too, from what people are saying in this draft yeah. class as well. Yeah. So, really good guy. Don't think that doesn't matter. That's why Will Levis went to round two, if you were wondering. I'll that's, say it. That's, say that's it why. I yeah. mean, that's why. I, I've said this a thousand times. People, people discount at times the intangibles of Josh Allen. That's why I never shy away from an opportunity when I get one to bring it up. Um, that's why Baker Mayfield is no longer on the Browns. Why Johnny Manziel is no longer in this uh, in this league. It's 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 why Josh Rosen didn't work out. In addition to just not being good, but he was also what most people. Yeah, Probably, for lack of a better term, he just kind of seemed like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not even gonna go. There. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> you know what you mean? What you want? I think you know what he was. He just didn't yeah. seem like all that nice of a guy. I was <laughs> that way. Um, it goes a long way. Goes a long way in life. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, but it gets discounted in sports because people really only care about the production on the field. And I understand yeah. that because that is ninety percent of it. But. And you're noticing it now, just to cap it off here, you're noticing it now with the Patriots. When you are good, which Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield was at Oklahoma, you can be a pompous asshole and nobody cares because you're winning. And it just looks like you're a yeah. cocky guy who backs it up every chance. Right, you get. right. When you go to the Cleveland Browns and you blow, well, your cocky uh, asshole attitude, it's no longer fun. You're, you're, you're just a dick. It's old real quick, yeah. And I got to give Baker Mayfield a lot of credit. He's learned that. 
he's learned. Mm-hmm. I noticed when he and maybe it's an act or whatever. I don't care because he's doing it in the public eye to benefit himself. And that to me is growth because he wouldn't have done that five years ago. He had realized he did himself absolutely no favors in Cleveland. And that is why not a whole lot of teams, if really any, when he left Cleveland, wanted to take him in. And that's why you now see him yeah. being shipped around the league when he was a former number one overall pick a couple of years ago. That is a reason why, 100%. Back to the Patriots point. You know, the whole, like, Bill Belichick by himself in the war room with his dog was really cool and, like, edgy. Mm-hmm. And, wow, this guy's a genius when the Patriots had won the Super Bowl every other year for for two decades. Now that they pretty much completely blow, is that all that cute and, like, and and is that you know what right, I mean? You know, right. Like Belichick's whole going to the, the podium, podium way. Yeah. yeah. Like Belichick going to the podium and going, yeah, we're on we're on, we're on to the Bengals. Yeah, you know, that was like it was kind of hilarious. And also, yeah, you you can do whatever you want. You're Bill Belichick, you're winning the Super Bowl every other year. But you know, when you're getting your ass kicked, like historically by the bills in the playoffs <laughs> going to the podium and doing that. It, it really isn't anything, but just like, dude, this is kind of sad. So <laughs> yeah, work anymore. It, it matters a lot is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So I'm rooting for that kid a lot. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't even know where this is. Just screw the <laughs> Patriots essentially is basically the motto. Yeah, man. Well, and as, an, as we're going out, here's, 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 here's a clip of a four. No, you can go ahead and play. Behind oh, let it rip! Let it rip! What do we got? Oh, I Look love at this that. play. Look at that. You know what's so funny about this play? I was doing Look a pregame that. show right here on the Fanatics, and I thought I had time to like take a leak before the game started. And my mom's like, ah, and I'm like, what? Ninety-yard bomb, like the first play. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me! Can't even take a leak before these Bills are putting one in the end zone, Rev. You know what I'm saying? I think Rev's internet cut out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at look at him. Split the defense, man. I love this. I'm I'm good now. All right, am I back? You're good. Yeah. I'm oh, back. that play was that play look was a that. lead. That's, that's a he had two guy. of those that game, didn't he? He had two of those that that's game. A four or five guy right there, man. Here's the yeah, next one. Yeah. Look at this one. Look at this one. Something more impressive. Watch this catch. Look at it. Look. Look. This catch is this catch is disgusting. Yeah, it lagged out, but you know you know what happened. He it? caught that with like a quarter centimeter of space. Take a look at the Romo vision. One handed. Look at this. Ugh. Ugh. And his body did off. Filth. Look at that. Filth. That's open. In the I want to see baby. that 20 times this year, Rob. Can we see that 20 times this year, please? Come on, Maybe. Man. Hey, let's, let's do a little bit more than that. Right. I love it. Rev, I love you, brother. Thank you for coming on. You're the man. Anytime, really love breaking dude. down. Anytime. The juicy goods with you. I can't believe the draft's in the books, but it is. And I'll tell you what, I feel phenomenal. Phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal about it. I love that I word. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's a great word. You throw phenomenal on everything because it, it's just better than awesome. It just sounds like it's got a little mm to it, you know? Thought it was mm-hmm. phenomenal. And uh, I'm really looking forward to putting it to the test. Before you know it, like I said, it's already May. Before you know it, we'll be seeing these boys out on the field, so I can't wait. Can't wait to join you again yeah, next man. week for another edition of the Smoke Break right here on a Monday night on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. So I'll see you then. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, stay away from the negative criticism on the draft. We do not know 
anything. We know, we know nothing. nothing. Nobody does. Go throughout the rest of the week with a smile on your face and rest assured that you, me, and everybody else, we know absolutely nothing. But and we know boring. how to mock draft, though. Except for us. <laughs> I have replayed yeah, but seven times. This is the longest outro on earth. Work on. <laughs> Go Bills. <laughs> Go Bills, baby. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.